re-examination of the galaxies of space, images begin to appear. Images of strange and powerful forces. But of all the forces in the universe, the most powerful is Tall Can Audio. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside a WrestleMania Week edition of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. It's Matt Robinson coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Make sure you're following along on social media at Tall Can Audio and that you are subscribed to the podcast, whether you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Pods, wherever you are, there's a follow button, there's a subscribe button. Go ahead, hit it, and, uh, and make sure you get to stick around for what we got coming at you today. And for upcoming episodes as well. New guest today in studio making his TCA debut. Lever Sage is here. How's it going, man? Man, I am jacked up to be here. I uh, thank you for having me. The TCA debut, WrestleMania week. We got some things to talk about. You and I have not got together like this. No. <laughs> and I always bust whether it's Graham Creech or Steve Bunda or Michaela Schreider, <laughs> Vanessa Sanchez. My boss has been on this program. That's true. Before. He made some news here. Yeah, no, I, he, he likes to do that. Yeah. But I'm like, so let me get this straight. Matt <laughs> loves craft beer. He, he loves does, yeah. He loves wrestling. He does, yeah. He loves sports. He does. He loves great Canadian music. And we've never worked together? Right. Like, how has this possibly happened? This is long overdue. Long overdue. I'm really excited to be here. You got your Brett the Hitman heart hat on. Yeah. I have my, I went kind of like a a double whammy today. (laughs) Yeah. I went with my AEW Cody Rhodes American Nightmare shirt. Yeah. Kind of, you know, where he's been, where he's going. Right. week. Yeah. I like that. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, And... You've brought beer, which immediately moves you towards the top of the list of guests we've always had. Like, we don't insist that guests bring beer. The deal is supposed to be, in exchange for your time, I'll take care of the beers. But sometimes people show up with beers, and I never turn it down. Well, right? for, first of all, yeah. the podcast is Tall Can Audio. It's true. You present a platform for people to be here, mm-hmm. and they don't bring beer? <laughs> like... List, I guess it's all perspective. List of right? names need to know right now because I not only brought beer. You did. But I was excited like you're able to give me a beer. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, talk about a little of the, the, the craft beer history that I have that, that you have. Mm-hmm. But I was super excited to bring. It wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to bring Matt a beer. Right. No. I bought four beers in the United States about six weeks ago mm-hmm. that I'm like, well, I, I can't drink all of them. I have to bring Matt, <laughs> the one called Manchild, yeah. that is a peanut butter and jam I'm excited sour. to get to that. I gotta be honest with right. you. Right. Yeah. That's called Manchild. It has pictures of crayons and Nintendo <laughs> and everything on. I walked past it in the store. I'm like, how? I don't care how much this is. How could I not get this? Right. And I brought that. For you to try and for us to try to see how yep. we like it. Mm-hmm. And then I brought, yes, it's a little bit biased, but I brought one of my all time. Like it's my, if you had to have one mm-hmm. and I don't like to ever just have one because you got to try everything. Sure. Right. But if I only, if somebody said you could only have one, yeah. I brought the one 
that I would settle on. Okay. And I would, I'm excited for you to try that. We as are well. going to make the listener wait to see what that one is. Exactly. Um, we're going to start with a couple we pulled out of the TCA beer fridge out there. The uh, impressive as, as fridge. <laughs> As Shrides calls it, the, the mystical fridge of wonder or something like that. So um, we've each gotten one from there. You've already cracked yours because you're new here. You know, it's, it's all right. That's no, I mean, it's, it's a full rookie mistake. But I'm just, <laughs> you know, when you make stupid mistakes, like, I don't know, watching the Sens game last night and Lindell on the faceoff dot just gloves the puck back. Hey, dude. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, dude, man? your team is in a playoff race begging for every point. With four minutes to go, you're taking one of the dumbest penalties I've right. ever seen. Um, okay. So that's what I did at the beginning of this program by cracking my beer early. You but are far from the first person. I don't who has know done that. how many people could fault me. No. For cracking a beer early. No, it happened. In a situation, right? Yeah, right? Exactly, man. Um, so which one did you go with? So. I had never tried the jam up the mash. Oh, see, now I talked over your fantastic little collective arts jam up the mash. I obviously have seen it in a lot of different uh, places before, but I've never tried it. And that's the beauty of this, right? Like you have an incredible array of beers in your fridge. Yeah. I'm excited to get to more, but I right. <laughs> uh, had never tried this one. And I'm one of those that always needs to try one first. So what do you got going on? This is um, actually a couple weeks ago. Uh, we were talking wrestling on an earlier edition with uh, Kevin Mickey from Sportsnet. Not okay. sure if you're familiar with yep. him. Down in, uh, he was in town and he was a friend we'd made through the pandemic and we had done one or two pods remotely. And he texted me. He's like, I'm going to be in the nation's capital. I kind of want to have a couple beers to talk wrestling. I'm right. Like, Let's do it. Right. So he was kind enough to bring beer as well. As you've said, man, the, the high end guests. That's what they do. No, you're offering the platform. We should be offering the beer, but you're good enough to offer both. People, again, if you're listening right now and you're an invited guest, that means you're important. Bring some beer. Oh, I like that. I'm going to capture that. That's going to be used as a stinger here moving forward. Seriously. Yeah. Bring, um, it's not just about you. It's about the It's about the group. Bring some beer. Yeah. I like you, man. You're going to fit well, in well here. You are good enough to let me try something I've never tried. Right. I'm hopeful that I get to bring something that you've never tried. And you, Isn't that the deal? Yeah. Uh, you know what? It should be it the should deal. Be, we, you know what? Moving forward, maybe that'll be the deal, right? Maybe that's what we'll do. The problem is that you and I have probably drank enough that it's tough to bring a it's lot of different things. to, to find something new <laughs> now, right? They're like, have you tried? Yeah. Have you tried? The, yeah. I feel bad <laughs> because some people like at Christmas or holidays or presents, whatever, they'll just... You know what? I saw this in the store and I thought of you because it's like this worst beer they've ever thought of in their <laughs> lives. But they thought, oh, Lee would enjoy that. Right. So I, you probably haven't tried this. And of course, I've tried it. Yeah. And now do I lie to them? <laughs> you know what? That's so nice. I really haven't tried it. But inside, I'm like, I've tried it. It's just eh. Yeah. No, <laughs> and that's it. I, so not this past year, but the year before at Christmas, my sister, who isn't a. You know, between my sisters and I, it's kind of, you know, we'll do whatever. The, the gifts are really for the kids, right? For the nieces and nephews and yeah. stuff like that. But she found this beer that was a Nanaimo Bar Stout, which are like two of my favorite things in the friggin' world, right? And I'm struggling off the top of my head to remember the brewery. It might have been Great Lakes or uh, one of the ones down in Toronto there. And it just wasn't a very good beer. Like, it was a fine stout, but there wasn't a trace of Nanaimo Bar to it. Yeah. But I remember being like, that was incredibly thoughtful. Right. And I was just like, I'm... I really wanted this to be a good beer because of that. And, and I, just, I always enjoy, I think there's an Nanaimo beer 
that I saw recently, but it was like $15 or something. Yeah. This one was in like a big bottle. Like it was like a right. quart or whatever. And yeah, it was it's expensive. Like 15 bucks. Yeah. So when I go by, I'm like, okay, I could try this. I'm interested. Like it's piqued my interest, but for $15 for one. I could you know be what? having a few different Yeah, I could have six of something <laughs> yeah. I like. This is a tough decision. Yeah. So this one that Kevin Mickey brought is from the Bellwoods Brewery down in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the Jutsu Pale Ale, which I've tried a lot of stuff from Bellwoods. Actually, I think there's a few things from Bellwoods still out in the studio there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a pale ale. Uh, it says it has restrained bitterness in the description, which doesn't fit in here because my bitterness is not restrained at all when I come onto the microphone, right? You just kind of let fly. You've heard me talk, go. right? Yeah, exactly. I, I have some as well. Right. So uh, looking forward to to checking this one out on the first couple sips. It's not bad. Uh, it, it's got kind of a, it's, it's a little dry maybe for a pale ale and um, otherwise, yeah, kind of. I wouldn't go quite as far as tropical, but kind of like a dry fruity flavor to it. Have you had this one? You probably have. The, the no, I haven't. See, oh, okay. the one thing that you can get me on here is I, I always feel like I've tried everything, but under my umbrella. Sure. So IPAs, pale ales, not, not under yeah. not under my umbrella. I'm not a huge IPA guy either. I'm. It's growing on me a bit and almost because I've like. I've tried everything else, so if you, <laughs> you want to keep finding something new to have on the show, you're probably going to have to have some IPAs. Like That's what these breweries seem to hang their hats on now. They right? do, and that's unfortunate. Um, <laughs> I like to try as much as I possibly can. So there's a lot of different things I like and I will try Yeah, and feel like I'm really good down the, whether it's, you know, flavored lagers sure. or ciders or whatever. Sours Stout, or something. Sour. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of losing a little bit on sour. I've never been big into the sour thing. I was, but okay. I'm not anymore. Right. But I I have an incredibly sweet tooth. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> and that, unfortunately for a lot of other people, translates over to my drinking. Right. So while everyone will order the the IPA or whatever it is, I mean, I live very close to Ashton Bright right. Company. Yeah. They make nice stuff out there too, yeah. And it's it's a pretty convenient thing to go out and <laughs> be within walking distance of a brewery. It actually <laughs> is longer to drive okay. than it is to walk. So if I do need something, it's pretty easy to go up there. Yeah. But I'm the guy that's always like, so when's your maple out? Mm-hmm. Like Right. I go in That's one of the things I love about stouts. Is It'll be a chocolate stout. It'll be a coconut stout. It'll be so, like, I'm in on all of that. Like, right? like chocolate, peanut butter, yeah. give it to me and yes. give it to me more. Right. So th- I'm like that in my drinking, especially beer and you know, other stuff as well. Sure. But just with the IPAs and stuff, it's not my, it's not my thing. When I do go to the brewery, sometimes they get really annoyed at me because <laughs> when I ask for a draft, it's always a combination of something. Hmm. So they have a good blueberry out there. So that is usually the base. And it's like, can I have a blueberry maple? Like oh, half okay. maple, <laughs> half blueberry. Can I have, they call it their sour. It's actually a raspberry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not sour. It's it's more of a raspberry ale. Uh, but it's, can I have a half blueberry, half raspberry? Like I'm always trying something else. Right. And, and if they don't have something new, you'll create something Right. New. I create it on my own. <laughs> and so that's, that's what you got to do. Sure. No. I want to let the good listener know that uh, on Thursday, opening day for the Toronto Blue Jays, Mike Wilner from the Toronto Star will be here on the podcast. We'll get teed up for for the baseball season. 
And then on uh, Monday morning, Rob's out of town, sitting in for him to co-host that episode. It'll be Chris Hoffley from the Ottawa Sports and Entertainment Group. Uh, he's been in here a few times. Looking forward to chatting with him again. And then next week, while the Jays are in Kansas City, Dan Schulman from uh, Sportsnet and ESPN will be on. And it'll be a lot of baseball here over the next little bit. I'm fired up for you that. You got Dan Schulman and Mike Wilner and you invited me here? <laughs> Holy God. Like, I, I get it. I'm above Chris Hoffley. Like, I, sure. I, I can put myself sure. above in that category. But Dan Shulman and Mike Wilner, let's go. Neither one of them wanted to talk about WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm so glad you do a lot of baseball. Uh, I don't think sometimes at TSN 1200 we do enough baseball. I don't know. Is that partly the rights thing, maybe? or uh I, on TV, I'm I'm sure it is, but regional radio, you kind of get to do what you want, right? Or not? Yeah, that, like nobody's ever said that you don't can't talk, you can't do this or <laughs> right. you can't do that. I probably wouldn't listen to them anyway if if, sure. they, if they did tell <laughs> right. me that. But no, I'm a big Blue Jays fan. It just sometimes it gets lost in, um, you know, we hear from a lot of hockey people and a lot mm-hmm. of football people, and you know, baseball, unfortunately for some, is a bit of a a dying sport. And I'm yep. glad that you're able to do this because I'm a diehard Blue Jays fan yeah. and always have been. I was telling you before the show grew up in Toronto and was my first memories of going to baseball games was ex- exhibition stadium and I almost wind whipping off the lake. And yeah. Fish. I almost yeah. got my fondest memory is I don't really remember it, but I went to the game with my grandfather and Jesse Barfield hit a foul ball and if my grandfather didn't put his arm out, I might have died. <laughs> like it hit him, bruised him. Like Jesse Barfield came over after the game, signed the ball, no signed, way, signed some other things because it was like, oh, this poor kid almost died. Signed my bandage. <laughs> I don't really remember it other than I remember meeting Jesse Barfield. Yeah, I remember the bruise on my grandfather's arm, and he said he protected me, so I'm guessing he did. Sure, yeah, uh, but. Yeah, back then, and and the Jays winning the pennant for the first time in '85, and you know going to games at the Dome the first year it opened, and and all through the World Series, you know going to games in in '92 and '93, uh, skipping school to go to the parade. I remember my parents were so mad because it was like <laughs> high school and tests and, right. and exams, and it's like nah. you got to you got to you got to go to university and you got to get this, and it was like. You understand? It's a parade. World Series. Best in the... And incredibly, they opened up the dome. We were sitting in the dome for the parade in 92. And they just did general admission. Like... First in. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Open the doors. Run for your seat. And they opened the doors at 8 a.m. Well, I don't think the cars started coming through and Dave Winfield was, you know, bringing down the banner till yeah. three or four o'clock in the afternoon. We're in the dome all day, just w- just waiting. Whatever we snuck in was gone by ten o'clock. Right? Yeah. No. <laughs> and I'm sure the beer stands not in high school wouldn't help you much. But no. at nine ten a.m. they were probably open for the people waiting there for the. So. And then that's all I remember. I remember exactly where I was when you know they won uh, both World Series and and falling asleep and my parents waking me up. Uh, going, you're going to want to see this right. when the Blue Jays fell down the 15-14 game that they won against oh, the yeah, Phillies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dave and, Stewart. And I they were down 14-8 yeah. and yeah. somehow I'd fallen asleep and they woke me up. You're like, you better wake up. Right. Things are happening here. So yeah, just great memories. I'm yeah. glad you're doing a lot of stuff because I'm I'm 
So I'm probably more into baseball than people know mm-hmm. or that we talk about, unfortunately. Right. Well, there'll always be a spot here to come talk but to baseball, I, man. Hey, Summer beers and you, baseball. You know we'll what? It's wrestling number one. Yes. It might be craft beer number one, but okay. <laughs> craft beer and wrestling tied for number one and then everything else underneath. So. so so where do you jump into the craft beer scene? When does that kind of, you know, I've talked about it before on this show, so mm-hmm. I'll just hit it quickly that like we started the pod in 2015 and the idea was to create like a pub table environment to sit around, hang out, talk about whatever's going on and have a beer or two. But I wasn't a craft beer guy at that point. I was into some imports and, and we'd try some different things, but it was more about having a beer than experimenting with beer and it was sort of maybe a year or so into the pod where now the craft beer scene across Ontario is exploding and we just kind of fell into it right and then it became a thing where every week we'll grab a different craft beer and we'll we'll try then when does it get your attention and do you remember what the first one or two that you know outside the macros that got your attention were well and you say the macros but I think the first real god I can't remember when it was it would have been like, uh, when did Bose open? Because when Bose opened. Yeah, they it, were here uh, a little earlier than that, right? Like 2010, yeah. maybe? I was, yeah, I was going to say 2011, 2012, okay, yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. whatever it was. And I have actually a pretty crazy story about Bose. Sure. Ask me about it in a second. All but, right. Um, I remember going out there and kind of touring around and going, what is this? Like, okay, is it somebody different? They're doing their own thing. Cool. Hope it, hope it goes well. And then remembering going like into a regular bar, wherever I was here mm-hmm. in Ottawa, you have Bose? Right. Huh. <laughs> How come? <laughs> and then as, you know, I, I've moved out to Ashton, uh, about, uh, two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was, but you know, again, that was another one that was a little bit bigger where I would go into pubs and I would see the ABC Right. logo and, and be like, ah, that's kind of cool. Catching on. That's yeah. kind of cool. Like it's from here. Like I'm going to drink it because it's from here and I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather drink something from here that I don't mind. Right. So I did that with Bose initially because they were from here, but I, and I'm not saying anything negative about them. I think they're an amazing company. Mm-hmm. They just didn't do anything didn't necessarily for me right. that I particularly loved. So right. it's like, oh, I'll drink it because they're from here and yep. whatever. And if support I'm out, local. Yeah, support local. But for me, the, the irony of me now moving to Ashton is that <laughs> I think the first one that I really loved was the blueberry wheat ale from okay. Ashton. Yeah. Because it was, I'm a very sweet drinker. Right. Like I, I, I like that sort of thing. So for me, I get in and okay, now I like it. Now I want to go out there. And when I went out there. To get some, because a lot of people, and I'm sure you might know this, I mean, you will, but for other people listening, I only knew of Ashton through Patty's Pub and Quinn's on Bank Street. Right. And then somebody, it must've been a, a bartender or something. Told, well, you can go out there and get like a growler, as as want, like yeah. a growler yep. or whatever. And so I think one day I trekked out and I got fashion and got a couple of growlers thought it was the coolest thing in the world yeah and to be able to go there and bring home the growlers and 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 be drinking local of something that i like that was what first got me into it mm-hmm. and it's just a coincidence that i've moved out there right. the last little while but that kind of got me into it and then you know i think every now and again i would i, I would drink stuff but it wasn't until 
a year or two before the pandemic, right? When I really um, started, sort of, hey, I'm going to branch my taste out, and everyone would make fun of me because I was the guy that uh, Ian Mendez would always say it, and and Graham Creech and Steve Bunda, and I hope they're listening. Um, <laughs> you know, like, hey, we'll all drink our our adult drinks, and you can have whatever. You know, they Ian Mendez does not get to rip anyone's beer taste. I don't think. <laughs> you know what? You said it, and if yeah. you clip this, I'll give that to him because you're absolutely. Oh, he's right. been in here a bunch of times. Yeah, right? and you yeah. know what? <laughs> he likes to call out people, him and his but Michelob he. Ultras oh, and... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, you and I are going to be such good friends. I'm telling you because you'd be like, oh, what what grade nine prom drink are you drinking tonight? And I'm like. Great. Because I like ciders. Right. Like, get off my back. <laughs> so, but it wasn't, about a year or two before the pandemic. And then when the pandemic hit, there was nothing to do. No. Right? For anyone. And. And they started delivering. Well, it wasn't that for me. Yeah, it was it, it for me. So. <laughs> they just show up at your door. Yeah, yeah, it was it for a lot of people. But for something to do, mm-hmm. I would go out and make it like a trip of sort of okay. where yeah tour out somewhere get something yeah, yeah. like where we had gone and Kill different time. different places and unfortunately or fortunately depending on how you look at it over about a year it was like okay i've done now every brewery within like an hour <laughs> yeah. and a half radius <laughs> And started branching out, yeah. started going to Kingston, started sure. going to- What's Belleville got My mom on? used to yeah. live in, in Wapoose in Prince Edward County. Okay, yeah. To, so that went down there. Yeah, so got a huge scene right now. Oh, yeah, huge. It used beer. to be just wineries, now they're- Huge. Yeah, yeah. But to be able to do that and kind of reach out to see what everyone had, it was the pandemic for me. Yeah. And started bringing things home and my fridge looked about three times as big as yours <laughs> as it does in there. <laughs> And people would come over and go, well, people, there wasn't a lot. The people Not that were in, the people that yeah. were in my circle right. yeah. would say, um, should we be worried? I'm like, no, I'm telling you. There's only one of like everything. Cause I would just try, I got to get this because I haven't tried it. Right. I haven't seen it before, but. And it, I may not be back here. Right? right. Like if I'm in. And that or, was the point. Yeah. That if I go somewhere that I don't think I'm going to be for a while, yeah. I'm probably going to get one or two, not because I need it, just because I. I'm at here. some point would like to try it. Yep. So that's really how it started for me and like got me to the next level of of what I'm drinking and what I like and and now it's like yeah, it's just a it, you get I'm sure you get the same question I do from people that are like, "Okay, but you've tried however many hundred beers now." Like, do you not at some point just want to go, "Okay, these are like my five or six favorites and grab like 12 of those for a weekend?" I'm like, no, I always want to see what the next one is. I got to find out what the new one is, right? Like I, I do have like every, anybody some favorites, but for the most part, no. It's it's more about trying the new one, hundred percent, than settling on this one and and just buying twelve of them. Hundred percent. Yeah. So uh, I have some family down in Florida, and I was down there for a while looking after uh, my uncle, and um, he's been down there since two thousand seven. He's the only family I've left on uh, my Versage side, right? So we're quite close, mm-hmm. but Total Wine and Spirits is a store, and I was telling you about it before. Yes, it's like Costco, but beer <laughs> and wine, like aisles and carts, and like you can't yeah. see down the end of the aisles. <laughs> and there's classrooms because they have 
wine tastings sure. and wine schools yeah. and different things. They have a, a full aisle and separate room for cigars and like it is if it's like if you're a tool guy and you love to go to Home Depot or Rona or whatever it is, if you like beer and wine, you'll never come out of this yeah, place. That's amazing. Um, just, and just so look it to my veins. So, so <laughs> some of it, uh, and I went to coming up on a year now. I went to Maine last May, I guess for the first time. Uh, Maine and um, New Hampshire. Oh yeah, I've been to New Hampshire a couple of times, but I'd never been to Maine. So I don't when, know anybody when, who's ever been to New Hampshire a couple of times. I'm not sure what. <laughs> Why, it's great. I love New I'm Hampshire. sure it is. I just, it's you not pass, one of those tourist you, places. You're right. You yeah. pass through more guess, than yes. anything else. But I, <laughs> sure. But went to a couple of places, one in New Hampshire and one in, in Portland, Maine. And I think got a beer that turned out to be the greatest beer. That's the problem. I've ever had. It's and, like a nine-hour drive to get it again. No, and here's the thing. <laughs> so I walked into the brewery that we're supposed to go to, or we're like we went, and you got to go to this place. It was amazing. Allagash, you, I'm sure you've heard of Allagash yeah. Brewing. Um, they do a lot of national stuff in the U.S. Yeah. But, yeah, it was really cool to go there and to sit outside, and you kind of go up and you get a ticket, and it's all done for you, and you go, and you got about 19 choices of what you can have and you sit outside and there's 1800 dogs and whatever. <laughs> but I looked across the street and I'm like, there's another brewery across the street. I got to go there. Yeah. Like I'm I right know, here. I know we're sitting here, but I got to go there too. It, it's right there. <laughs> so I walk across the street and they're doing a, a collaboration with three other breweries. Okay. I've stumbled <laughs> into and the I'm gonna, perfect yes, day. <laughs> and I'm going to show you this picture. Uh, it's from Definitive Brewing Company in, Definitive. Por- in Portland, Maine. Okay. And it's a collaboration with definitely a brewery in Toledo, Ohio, <laughs> and one in, Toledo, I want to say Detroit, okay. and them. So the three brewers get together, and they come up. It's called Euphoric Frubulus. <laughs> it's I, a, I dig the name. It's a double- the next tag team champion. Double-fruited sour ale. Yeah. With strawberry, marshmallow, and peanut butter. Oh, my God. Okay. Diabetes so, in a can. I'm all or, in on that. Or something I love. Yeah. No, I'm in so, on it. I'm just, it's so not going to be good. I've I've been thrown off, and this is what I'm starting to learn more, because we always are learning things. Yeah, yeah. I the, do. Well, you're the smartest guy, you know, and then <laughs> if, if Gra- Graham Creech. That's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Graham Creech tells me that you're the smartest guy ever, but oh. he thinks he is. So then it, it gets into uh, this. And it, yeah, and, it kind of taints. And here the... comes Vanessa Sanchez saying that she is, and it's like, <laughs> guys, right. girls, come on. Yeah, um, I'm learning that the double fruited sours are usually not sour. Okay, that's not uh, the, what you're pulling out of them. It's not right. overly sour. So this one double that I've just described, sour. yeah, is basically. Fruit Loops in a beer. Oh, haven't had those in a while. It, incredible. In a beer or not? It, I know, but Are you a Simpsons guy? No. Oh, okay. I, I just think there's a a scene where Homer Simpson walks into the Quickie Mart and he asks Apu, uh, I'd like some of that uh, Skittle Brow. You know, it's the beer with Skittles in it. And he's like, uh, Mr. Simpson, I think you've just made that up. It's like, all right, well, then I'll just take a six pack and some Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's, that's the fruit loops. I, I, I need to be <laughs> I think a so. Simpsons guy. <laughs> yeah. um, this is the best beer I've ever had. Okay. Um, wow. I kept it as long as I could. I only bought four at the time because yeah. I didn't realize how great it was. Right. Because I only got a a taster and it was like seven bucks a can. U.S., like $100 Canadian, <laughs> whatever it was. And they so, get a little uppity coming back across the border if you have more than like a, a, a 12 or whatever, right? Like, I've, I've yeah, you got to sh- skim that I've, a bit. I've had my fair share. But yeah. for people going over from Ottawa, if they're, I know you have listeners from all over, but yeah. if you're going over the border from Ottawa in Watertown, go to Bear World. Okay. Okay. Bear, Bear World. Bear, B-A-R-E or B-E-A-R? B-E-A-R. Okay, because everyone sounds like a great strip club. World. Okay. I like the way you think. Yeah. But, (laughs) yes, you know what? (laughs) Going over to Bear World. (laughs) I'm wondering what would be better, though, because their selection of craft beer is like no other. Yeah. And it looks, it's one of those shops that you go in and you kind of go, should I even be in here? <laughs> like, I'm a little bit worried about where it is in town and right. the, okay. the clientele. <laughs> but then you walk in and you realize. Again, it sounds like the strip club. <laughs> yeah. And then same thing. Right? Yeah. So anyway, incredible Bear spot. World, yeah. And it's right on the way home in Watertown. Yeah. In fact, it's on the same road. If you, uh, for, for those who cross in Ogdensburg and kind of come through the 37 and, and sort of the back roads into Watertown. Yeah. It's right along that road. Okay. Had no idea. Yeah. Incredible spot. Uh, did I forward you the Barry Manilow one? No, I don't think so. No, I'll have uh, to show. Maybe. I'll have to show you the. There was when you were down in Florida, you sent me a bunch. And I was yeah. like, man, this guy's having a good holiday here. Right? <laughs> but that's what I do on the yeah, holidays. Yeah. I go in and search out different breweries yep. and yeah, I'll go and have one or I'll go and have two, but it's not about the amount, right? It's about, I've never been here before. I want to try something different. Um, this is super cool. Same man. Same. So that's, that's what it's all about for me. And so there's a, I just got to find the Barry Manilow one because it is, it's, here it is. So Barry Manilow. (laughs) Right. All right. Tell me that that's not like the greatest picture. That looks amazing, man. (laughs) Right. It's Barry Manilow. His face is a strawberry. And it's a fruited sour with black currant, blackberry, blueberry, goldenberry. Don't even know what goldenberry no. really is. Raspberry, strawberry, and huckleberry. Okay. Huckleberry. Yeah. <laughs> like there's like seven different berries and the can is worth buying it alone. <laughs> it's a work of art. I just have to display Myers this. Creek Brewing Company. Anyway. All right. I like it, man. And, and that's what my vacations have become. Well, even not vacation, but just like. Whatever, you got to go down to Sarnia for a weekend or something. Well, let's see what breweries Sarnia's got while I'm here, right? Like, and even if you right. can't hang out, I'm just going to make sure I grab six or eight or 12 or something and come back. And then a couple weeks later, you're off to, they opened up a new brewery not far from the family cottage there a couple summers ago. And I was, if I'm being honest, I was a little disappointed when I went in there in the beers, but you still go because you want them to make it, right? They're going to figure it out. They're going to get better. And I want this one brewery in this tiny little town to survive because it's kind of cool. Like we've talked about to just have it. So right there. I have a, a hat on right now that is kind of my new hat that I wear and it's K-A-P. It's called Kick and Push. Yeah. In, uh, Charbot Lake. That's right. Yeah. Stopped I've, in. Haven't been in yet. Stopped in. It's in a little wooden house and I stopped in just because it looked like the coolest place in the world. Right. I was on my way to, 
you know, my grandparents for a holiday. And I'm like, I got to stop there. How, and had a great conversation with the two guys. One guy owns it there and the other guy's kind of a partner in Toronto area hmm. and had an unbelievable conversation with him because his daughter turns out was the roommate of Eugene Melnick's daughter. No way. At Queens University. Small and so world. he started telling me all these things about sure. <laughs> Like I could probably sit down at your and and the bar's got about four chairs there. Right. And that's it. Yeah. It it's just such a classic. You'd love <laughs> to go there and just sit down and talk to the owners if nobody else was there and have a beer type of place. Yeah, I, I was driving down to well, I was headed to the lake. It's impressive so, that you know the kick and push on Sharp. Well, lake. I was just gonna say it's so funny, man, because um our mutual friend, Shrides, she was in a wedding last fall in Toronto. So she went down early because I think she was the maid of honor or a bridesmaid or something. So her husband, Josh, was going to be driving back. And I think you know him as well, but I he's do. a big craft beer guy. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to hitch a ride with you and I'm going to just jump out at uh, Peterborough or wherever. And I'm going to go to the family cottage from there. And so he and I peel out of here on a Friday morning at, I don't know, eight o'clock in the morning or whatever it was. And neither one of us are really paying attention. We're just kind of shooting the shit and we get to Sherbet Lake. He's like, fuck new brewery. Like it just eagle eye, like it just right. caught him out of nowhere. Like we're in Charlotte Lake, man. There's not a brewery. He's like, no, it's right. Seriously. Was and it? it's hidden yeah. kind of in that spot. It's right by the LCBO in the beer store. Yeah. But it was only like 930 in the morning, so they weren't open yet. Oh. So that was kind of a bummer. And then the next so couple- how long did you wait till they open? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's just sitting there in the car waiting. Um, yeah. And then the other couple times I've been by, I'm always coming back from the family cottage on like a Monday. Most breweries are closed, right? It's, yeah. So I haven't been in, I haven't been in yet, but yeah, it's like on my list, like this one brewery oddly in Charbot Lake that I need to Because to check those out. are my favorite places. The one odd brewery that you don't expect to be yeah. somewhere is everywhere I want to be. It was just so funny. Josh is react like mid-sentence. He's like, new, new brewery. <laughs> Out here? Yeah, yeah. That right. sounds like Josh. Yeah, no, for sure. Has he, um, has Josh done okay as far as getting something cooler past Michaela when they get a keg at their house? Because I think Michaela runs the show there and look, she she runs a, a tight ship with She's Got Game. Yep. It's a fantastic program. 100%. Vanessa Sanchez. Bouchoir podcast. New, new uh, permanent. Permanent. Co-host. Yeah. Uh, she only told us that 16 times on her latest Friday <laughs> afternoon hit. So it was nice. By the 15th time, we started listening to her. Yeah, sure. Uh, but. You got to. You got to runs things. Like, yeah. Josh, come on. Get something else other than like a, a session ale or something in your keg. You have a keg <laughs> at your house. We got a keg fridge out here too. And so the, when they were looking around, I got a bunch of questions on, hey, would you do this? And I'm like, I am anything but an expert on this. I just looked for the biggest possible thing that would hold beer in this house and, and went from there, right? So uh, they're awesome to, to spend a little time with as well. Yeah, I, they're good we, people. Yeah, for sure. So uh, look, before we'll take a break here in a second to grab another beer. But before we do, um, I was wondering what your take was on the commissioner's visit to Ottawa earlier this week. I know... Uh, a huge part of what goes on over at TSN 1200 is obviously covering the Senators. Um, I'm sure for you, it was a welcome respite that they actually went on a bit of a run to keep their playoff hopes alive significantly longer than it looked earlier yep. like they would. Yep. Uh, but the commissioner was here talking about the, the sale of the team and how that was going to play out from here. Uh, spoke to some local politicians, spoke to the media, was at the Sens game on Monday. What did you take away from uh, from Gary's visit to the 
to the nation's well, capital. Well, call him Mr. Bettman to be polite okay. because look, Gary Bettman and and I think this is probably I don't know if it's a misconception, but I just don't know how many people get this part. Gary Bettman, Roger Goodell, Adam Silver, no matter who else, they work for the owners mm-hmm. who run the leagues. Yep. So when people get all upset, Gary Bettman makes $10 million. Who cares? Gary Bettman yeah. works for 32 owners in the National Hockey League. And to take honestly, bullets for them right. and to say and, things they don't want to say. And whether and... I like Gary Bettman, and I'm going to preface this with if I like Gary Bettman, if you like Gary Bettman, the only thing that matters is if the owners like Gary Bettman. Yep. That's it. 100%. So I feel like he could do his job slightly less condescendingly, though, when speaking to the media. That's my. I understand his role, but he bugs me that he looks down his nose at the media or at, at well, the fans. Well, I think you or... are one of many <laughs> yes. that feel that way. Yep. I also feel that way. Yeah. We're not but, stupid. But Gary. nothing nothing that ever happens now do I take him ever at face value. Nobody tanks. Oh. So. <laughs> no way. That's silly. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Gary. I don't take him Good at face value ever. Yeah. And I know that at some point we'll get into wrestling. Yeah. And I, I only bring that up because in wrestling, almost everything is a work. Of course. Whether you think it's a shoot mm-hmm. or it's a work, it's probably a work. Yeah. There are very rare exceptions, but so when I listen to Gary Bettman, all I hear is <laughs> and what he is doing, and let's make no mistake about this, okay? I don't know what the number is, but I know the Ottawa Senators owe the National Hockey League a lot of money. Right. I know a lot of teams, the Arizona Coyotes and some other teams owe the National Hockey League money because they have loaned them money Mm -hmm. on the side to keep things going or to make sure that they are able to do certain things. That's how they run their league. Right. So... When I hear Gary Bettman come in and say, this is the most vibrant sale process that I've ever seen. And what I do believe is that I don't, he said around six and whether it's five or six or seven, you know, I've talked to enough people to know how many people are genuinely interested in buying the Ottawa Senators. Right. That's great. Sure. And I think that's great for people to know that not only is this team not moving, but this team, will, this, peop, this team will be here for a long period of time, mm-hmm. and it will be run, hopefully, cross your fingers, in a different and better way than it has previously been run over the last 20 years. Yeah. So all of that is really good. But when I hear Gary Bettman come into town, all I hear is that I don't know how much the Ottawa Senators owe the National Hockey League, but I know it's... A big number. Yeah. Well, of course he is going to do everything possible to make you and the bidders and me and every fan think that this team is worth, oh my God, is it going to be 900 right. million? Is it going to be a billion? His is job it, is to get that number it, as high as he can is get it. Is it going to be 1.1? Yeah. For for Why would we care if it's 1.1 or 1.2 billion? Right. The only thing that that matters is 
They're owed a lot of money, the National Hockey League, by the Senators, by different things that they get into. I'm just talking about Ottawa. Yep. Whether they're owed by the Coyotes, whether they're owed by any other franchise. And it's great moving forward, right? The Ottawa sold for this, so we won't take less for whatever the next market is. They are not only setting the market for the next team, Mm -hmm. but let's just ballpark a number. Like, I have no idea, and I'll say I have no idea what the number is. Right. But if I ballparked few hundred million? In terms of what's owed? Yeah. Sure. I'd believe it. Okay. So let's just say it's that. Yeah. Well, if I'm Gary Bettman, of course I want 1.1 billion. I want 1.2 billion. Yeah. I want I want all of that debt erased. Yeah. And, and I want to make some money that I can give to the other owners. Does that worry you? Like, no. That To me, it does a little, and I... I'm a Leaf guy. I could possibly care less if the Sens are successful or not. Right. If, but I would be worried we that- We could possibly, I say we, <laughs> as it like, so I grew up in just outside Toronto yeah. and I very, very much dislike the Leafs, yeah. but that comes from the Pat Quinn, Darcy Tucker, sure. yeah. Travis Green. It was a fairly unlikable team. <laughs> like Gary Roberts. They were as unlikable as unlikable could be, yeah. but they were good enough to get past a really skilled team mm-hmm. and they've won zero playoff series since they've oh, beat no Ottawa. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, since they beat Ottawa, <laughs> yeah. they've won zero. Yeah. No, you're right about that. So all I was going to say is I would be a little worried that... That blinds the league to get the most money as opposed to get the best group. Well, they'll, they'll do both. I so, guess so. Well, they will. Yeah. Because I think what will matter the most is tying some local groups into this and getting the face of Ryan Reynolds. I don't yeah, think but he, he's now tied to one group. Yeah, but I don't right? think you can put the genie back in the bottle. I don't think you can tell people now. You don't. You, Ryan Reynolds. You get a great ownership group, but you don't get Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds associated himself with a group because mm-hmm. he has leverage. Yes, he does for sure. He associated himself with a group that I'm not sure the NHL loves, but he knew that because yeah. he has the most sort of equity in sure. that group, and he knows eventually the NHL needs him. You can't. How are you going to tell the people of Ottawa now I don't that know Ryan Reynolds? The NHL needs him. The NHL wants him, but they told everybody sense. of Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah. Go go meet someone on the street. That was shrewd know, by him. That like, doesn't know anything about hockey. No, I know. And they'll tell sure. you. For sure. Is Ryan Reynolds going to be a part of the Sens? You'll have people across the United States who've never cared about the NHL in their lives that hear, that are Ryan Reynolds fans will suddenly know who okay, the Ottawa I can Senators tell you. Are, so right? I was in Florida not too long ago, like I said. I walked into, if you can imagine this, a liquor store. and I believe you. It was there for an hour. <laughs> And a, guy, do, yeah. and a guy came up to me that works there, mm-hmm. and he had this hat on, and he had all four Pittsburgh logos on the hat. Okay, um, yeah. He had Pirates, Pirates and, and Steelers yeah. and Penguins and the University of Pittsburgh. Mm. And he started talking to me. He said, can I – we started talking, and he found out that I worked in, in sports radio, and he's a huge, huge, huge – he's from Pittsburgh. He loves everything Pittsburgh. Right. And he says, can I ask you a question? What is two things? What is LeBreton Flats? Yes. Okay. It's a fair so, question from anyone who doesn't live here. No, a guy that works in a liquor store yeah, in St. Exactly. Augustine, Florida. He has no idea. Is asking me about what LeBreton Le Flats yeah. is. Uh, this is amazing. Yeah. And second of all, he's asking me about Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't know how you're going to put the Ryan Reynolds thing back in the bottle and say we don't need him after all. But isn't that like my my the Ryan Reynolds group? And even if they were the best group, and it has Ryan, Re- but it only offers nine hundred million. Someone else offers you one point one. You might be better off to just take the nine and not no, the highest number. What right? you do is you make those groups work together. I guess I'm not sure all of them are super interested in that, right? No, like, I, I, I agree. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. Imagine running a billion dollar company and then somebody telling you. Hey, you got to work with this person. Right. You can't do it on your own. Yeah. No, no. I built this billion dollar yeah. business. Yeah, well. So the egos are really hard to put aside. 100%. But you know who has the final say? The Board of Governors yep. and Gary Bettman. And yep. he's got a lot of sway with the people that make the decisions. For sure. So it is, yeah. it's great. I could offer you $1.5 for the team. But if you're not working with Ryan and you're not doing some other things, I think that's what's taking so long. He, trying to get somebody to work together. He, he said now all of a sudden it's another six weeks mid, yeah, kind of early to mid-summer. And I think there's some worrisome things as far as where the team might go, you know, next year and the year after because the decision makers, will they be in place in time? I think that's a legitimate right, like a new worry. management team. Yeah, I think that's a legitimate yeah. worry from yeah. a fan base. Yeah. But the, the, the time, I believe, is trying to understand that Hey, we're not going to give you this team unless you do this. Right. So you can you can tell us all about the money, <laughs> but there's other groups that are there with the money. And that's why he's making it seem like, oh, this is the most vibrant process yes. ever. Well, no, it, it's a process that a lot of people want to buy the Ottawa Senators. Right. That is true, but they need to make the most money and have it work together with, I think, some local groups and Ryan Reynolds and... Putting egos aside is not the easiest thing to do. And I think they're going to take another six to eight weeks to try and put those egos aside. Okay, so back in. New beers. We're going to talk some WrestleMania here shortly, but uh, yeah. I just forgot and opened the beers again (laughs) off microphone. It's all right, man. You'll get it. It's all right. right. Not Um, not the brightest guy in the world. (laughs) You're just... Those rookie mistakes, right? Yep. That's how it goes. Nervous. Sure, yeah. Nervous. Um, you've We're into the beers you've brought now. Okay. So why don't you tee us up here? What do we got going on? Because we got two poured here. We do. So we're going to try a couple of them. Um, number one is the one I described earlier. It's called Manchild. And it's a peanut butter and jelly burliner. So and you can smell the peanut butter as soon as you start pouring yeah. these. So I'm pumped for this. It's a, it's a sour. Okay. Um, Peanut butter sour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. Right. It's interesting. What's the brewery on this one? But it is from Hidden Springs Ale Works. Okay. Um, So the beer, when I walked by this and I found this in the Total Wine and Spirits uh, place is that it's called Manchild and it's got what? A teddy bear. It's got a Nintendo (laughs) controller. It's got crayons. Just awesome. It's it's got a pool ball. Like, <laughs> I don't know that a, I couldn't walk past it. You could only buy four. You couldn't buy one. You could only right. buy four. And I'm like, I I just have could you to. only buy four, or could you only buy them in fours? Like, could you have bought eight or twelve? <laughs> yes, I <laughs> yes I could have bought eight or twelve. But because I wasn't allowed to try it, yeah, you don't know. I I really try hard when I go different places to try one first. Yeah, before hundred percent, I'll dig in. And 
I couldn't do that, but I'm like, I can't not buy this. Yes. So it's we'll called, post the the picture of the can on our Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Yeah, it's, it's called Manchild, yeah. and it's a peanut butter and jelly beer. <laughs> like, come on! I'm so excited, and I'm fascinated. Once you said this is a sour, like I I I, I know I had a lot of peanut butter stouts. A lot of whatever. I've never tried a peanut butter sour, so I'm I'm curious to see but what this one looks like. Smell, smell it. You first. can, yeah. And it smells like a peanut it butter really and jam does. beer. Yeah, which is like inc- when you open your lunchbox at elementary school. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Except the best, the best, the second best beer I've ever had. As you go to try it here, the second best beer I ever had was actually in Savannah, Georgia. They had a peanut butter and jelly ale. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, what is your first? It's more tart than I would have expected, right? Right. Like, it's, like you definitely get that peanut butter and jam flavor from it, but yeah, you would more expect like a brown ale kind of something or a stout kind of thing, but it's very tart on the back end. Yes. I, could, I like it. Okay. Yeah. So as I was describing, Sorry, there was a yes. beer, it was called Lunch Bag in Savannah, Georgia, and they only had it on tap in what they called the Savannah Tap House. Savannah, by the way. Maybe my favorite place on earth. I keep hearing this. It's okay. suddenly a thing. Like I, one of my closest well, it's friends. It's not suddenly. It's well, to me, it's sudden. Okay. I'm suddenly hearing people. Talk well, you're going to hear me talk about it a lot. I've right. probably gone three or four times now. Yeah, and I will continue to go back. One of the I had most... a friend trying to move there. My parents were just trying to go down and visit there, like as a tourist spot. Wow. Like as a, yeah. Uh, so number one, one of the most historical cities you'll ever begin. Number two, it, the downtown is so uh, kept well, um, no tall buildings, those- There's like a, a river up the middle, isn't there? Spanish moss trees. Yeah. It is the most gorgeous place you'll ever walk around. And so you'll walk around and you won't even feel like you're in a city. <laughs> you'll just feel like you're in this sort of historic place. And again, yeah, it's on the river that goes into the Atlantic Ocean. Right. And it's probably the safest place I've ever felt in a, in a really? city. Yeah. Like you can walk around at any place. Oh, by the way, did I mention it's in, um, what do they call it? Alcohol friendly city. <laughs> so it's one of the few cities that you can walk around. Yeah. With. Like Vegas or. So the first uh, time yeah. I was ever there, I went into a bar by myself, going on a tour of the States by myself. Mm-hmm. And. Went into um, a world of beer place, which I wanted to go to a local place, but I, I went there first um, and they were playing trivia. Okay. And the bartender says to me, he's like this scientist guy, like the smartest guy I've ever seen. <laughs> and he's like, we need you. Outside of me and Creech. It's a good point by you. <laughs> he's actually smarter than Creech. Okay. So. I believe it. Yeah. Not tough. So the ability though for him to get me into this trivia was that they can't drink its world of beer and they didn't have any food. So he's like, we can't drink for free. Like the staff. Right. Okay. So we have to win the trivia because the prizes are like <laughs> money towards food, the bar. Yeah. And we can't drink for free. We're not allowed because they have everything so measured. And he says, please stay. He's like, I'll buy you food. I'm like, what do you mean you'll buy me food? Yeah. What does that mean? Like, you don't have food here. He's like, shows me a list. What do you want? I'm like, oh, that looks good. So he gets a Jimmy John's guy to come and deliver a sub to my 
bar stool. Okay. Amazing. Right? Yeah. So already I'm in. I'm like, yeah, yeah. dude, whatever you want. Yeah, I'm here. He's like, you can drink for free as long as you're on the team. Sure. Yeah. Gets down to the final question. We're second of the group, like eight groups. We're second. Final question. Name as many Canadian provinces as you possibly can. <laughs> okay. Well, here's all of them. <laughs> okay. I hardly reacted. Yeah. And the guy whose name was Jake mm-hmm. goes, yeah. <laughs> and the whole bar turns around. Yeah. He's Canadian. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. So I thought it was really interesting. I said, why don't you, Jake, and the rest of the, yeah. the wait staff, name as many as you what guys you got, can. And then I'll talk. And then yeah. I'll just finish it off. Yeah. How many did they come up with? Three. None. None. Zero. Nobody was just throwing out Toronto or. <laughs> no, the people yeah. threw it out. Yeah. So yeah. my group came up with zero. Okay. However, we got 13. Yeah. We, we exactly. won <laughs> because they had a ringer on their team. But incredibly, the other groups, I thought it was super interesting. And I walked around and sort of asked them, hey, like, how many did you get? Like, what's going on here? The top group had six and they got six because they had a retired social studies teacher Okay, that had retired like three years ago. <laughs> and I'm like, you only got six? <laughs> Dude, like what's happening? Small wonder the American education system is. <laughs> you taught and you got six? So then this other group comes up to me and he's like, how many we got? How many we got? I want you to check our list. And they got this definitely list and the maybe list. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The definitely list <laughs> consists of three things. Okay. The definitely said Ontario. Okay. Newfoundland. Yeah. And Ottawa. Oh. Under the definitely <laughs> list. And I'm like, okay, well, this one's wrong. <laughs> yeah. But you got the capital. And, no, but they argued with me. Uh, oh. And like, <laughs> like no, I live that, that no that one's that one's right hundred percent because I've been there. I'm like No you, one's saying it doesn't exist. I'm like, you won't believe this, but I actually live there and it is the nation's capital, but it's not a problem. No, I'm telling you I've been there, it is. I'm like I don't how do you even argue with that? You, right? you don't. You <laughs> no. walk away and I drank for free the rest of the night. Yeah. And I went out and the guy's like the whole group that was next to me. I didn't know it was they an alcohol. You up on their I didn't know it was an alcohol friendly city. Hmm. The whole group leaves and they got beers in their hand. And I was, Jake, Jake, what the hell are they doing? Yeah. He's like, I, I'll fill your cup up with a hundred proof rum. Go <laughs> spill it on the cop. See what he says. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm not gonna do That's that. That's probably not what I'm gonna yeah. And anyway, yeah. He he goes, spill the cop will say, Wow, that sucks. Yeah. For you. Anyway, Savannah is <laughs> one of the best places I've ever been. I will continue to go back. Um, prettiest city. Probably the best bar you I've ever. You can probably walk into that bar and drink for free whenever you want. Best bar I've ever been to yeah. called the Alley Cat Lounge in an alley. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Makes good sense. Yep. Scared for my life the first time I sure. ever went there. Yeah. And was in an alley at midnight in Savannah. I actually felt safe. Didn't yeah. feel weird, but. It was out the back of this door and I opened the door and I'm with a guy that I've just met at another bar and he, he's like, I'll guard, guard the door, go down the 25 steps to another door. Like, I don't even know that this place exists. I'm going to get killed. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but you know what? I'm here for it, so I might as well go down. Yeah. Open the door, best bar I've ever been in. Before you got there, mm-hmm. would you have called it a forbidden door before you'd been inside? Oh, I just like, got my tickets. Okay. I was just going to ask. AEW coming back to uh, Canada later this summer. Uh, the forbidden door, uh, for those who are more casual wrestling fans, alludes to the idea of of jumping between promotions. And so this was a pay-per-view they did last year with uh, with New Japan. Mm-hmm. And looks like it's going down again this year in Toronto. I was going to ask. And it sounds like you have. You've got your tickets locked oh, yeah. in. You're all in on this thing. All in. All in. And for those who want to go or are already going, I want you to get a hold of me. There you go. We're going down. We're going to do a big This Is Wrestling podcast meetup. Nice. In Toronto. So Except for Zach, who's going to be in Oshawa. That's what I heard on This Is Wrestling. No, he'll be there. I Just know, don't I stop know. it. Stop it. <laughs> and you're, you're going to come on This Is Wrestling. That's going to be fun, man. Um, to give some WrestleMania predictions as well. But uh, to have that opportunity to go to the pay-per-view, to have a meetup, to be able to do that, uh, AEW, just killing it. Um, yeah, they are got plans to be out Western Canada for the first time. I know they were just in Winnipeg, but I guess they're going to hit Alberta and Saskatchewan later in the summer. Like My favorite promotion I think I've ever been a part of. Really? Yeah. And I was a guy. It's really hard because when I was growing up in the 90s, I was a major like wrestling geek, tape collector. Sure. Um, you name it. Like I... I would wait for my buddy. I didn't have a satellite dish. You have a fairly wait. legendary t-shirt collection of wrestling tees. Oh, I do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's infamous. It, We've it, all heard. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, yeah it, it's embarrassing, but for people who appreciate it, yeah. the best thing you'll ever see. Of course. But then the people who don't appreciate it go, what are you possibly doing with your yeah, life? Such as life as a wrestling fan. Right. right? That's how you live. <laughs> yeah. But I was a tape collector and um, one of my buddies like, you got to watch this ECW show. 1994, right, and started about every two months. I would drive from Markham to Burlington just to pick up two months worth of tapes and drive back and basically watch from like somebody's house or a flea market. Yeah, no, somebody's house. Okay, a buddy that taped on satellite and he was a tape distributor. Right. Um, that was it. I don't even think we didn't get ECW in Canada till like. 99, 2000. And that was way too late. Yeah. Like some of the best programming you'll ever see, 95, 96 ECW, if you can watch the television. Uh, I still go back and watch it, some of the promos, because they didn't care. They were in somebody, it was like, I don't say I don't care about this, but it was like us sitting around. Yeah. And it was like, hey, Matt, go go tape a 10 minute promo over there. See what it looks like. That's what they did. Yeah. Taz and Mick Foley and Steve Austin. we're literally going to cut it down to three minutes anyway, so we'll just keep the good shit, delete the- Yeah. It was in Paul Heyman's basement. Right. And you're just like- And they sometimes didn't- punk rock. They sometimes didn't cut it. Be no. like, hey, we're going to end our show with a 10-minute promo. Yeah. And it was incredible. So- Vince McMahon stole it, turned it into- Yeah, I know. WWF but, Attitude. But and I went to, to- I used rest. to go to Buffalo to watch ECW. I went to November to Remembers in Pittsburgh. Like, I was a- traveling wrestling nerd in the nineties. Like I was at Halloween Havoc 1995 at the Joe Lewis arena in one of the worst pay-per-views I've ever yeah, that's, watched. Uh, the giant yes, Cobo Hall. It certainly is. The monster truck it's, match. And I'm oh embarrassed to tell people that I was there <laughs> and I watched it on the screen just like you did <laughs> and drove through the worst snowstorm ever to get there yeah. to watch 
Hogan and the giant on a screen on the on the roof to have somebody thrown off of the roof and guess what? They're okay. Yeah. Like an hour later. Oh, I was so wrestling. embarrassed. Yeah. But anyway. Um <laughs> those great, are those great are the history, but AEW reminds me of the ECW. It does I mean Tony Khan was a guy that went to those ECW shows in Philadelphia all the time as a kid. Yeah. And so it's like an ECW mindset, but with the money behind it to like put some polish on it and get it on a major network. Yeah. And it's got some flaws, sure. but it is so far, and then we'll transition yeah. into WrestleMania, but it, it's so far ahead of the WWE right now. Um, it's incredible. So I'm really excited for Forbidden Door. Is that Deer Camp? Yep. Scotiabank Arena? So they got the whatever, big Whatever it's called. Yeah. I wondered if they might be over at the, the Marley's building or if they went yeah no it's they've already sold uh it's almost sold out okay nice yeah yeah um yeah it's an interesting kind of time right now i I don't know how much you have on it but people are still talking about cm punk Mm -hmm. and got a lot i wonder yeah i wonder how much you think and maybe you just disagree with me outright and that's that's fine can't wait Uh, yeah it feels like I don't want to say AEW has cooled, but has maybe leveled off, like found its, I felt like in the early year or two mm-hmm. of, of Dynamite, maybe it was the excitement of kind of like the Monday Night Wars where people were jumping yep. mainly from WWE to AEW, but there was a little going the other way, mainly Cody, I guess. Mm-hmm. But there was the excitement, it was new and there was a novelty to it and there was new people coming in all the time and you wondered what was going to happen. And frankly, it was just refreshing to have something else to watch. It felt like over the last few months, less novel, maybe, and, and maybe, like I said, maybe that's just settling in to being a little more normal. And I wonder if you think part of that is, regardless of what you think of him, the loss of a huge mainstream star like CM Punk. I would agree. Okay. Um, you're smarter than you look, so that's good. Well, I would hope so. Well, I wish <laughs> I, I wish a lot of people were smarter than they look, eh, Graham? Um, Bunda. I won't say that about Mikhail and Vanessa. No, no. No, I can't say we that. We like them. Well. <laughs> Usually. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. Usually. But I just can't say it about them, unfortunately. Right, right. But you're right. But finding a pocket is okay. Sure. Like I enjoy their pocket better than I enjoy other federations' pockets. Right. So you're not wrong, but when you lose, there is nobody else, I don't think. Like I'd love to hear somebody else tell me a name that's more polarizing mm. in in all of wrestling than CM Punk. Right. You love that guy or you hate that guy. Nobody's just like, well, whatever. Right. But the guy wrote, a few paragraphs on Instagram, deleted it yes. in a moment and became the most talked about thing all week long. Yep. I just listened to uh, Renee Paquette and John Moxley. Right. On their- The Oral Sessions podcast. I just listened to that today to, to hear what they had to say. And I thought it was really interesting because John Moxley is a master of- looking like he's, or sounding like he is completely disagreeing with everything that's going on while not actually saying it. (laughs) So yes, they've lost CM Punk. Uh, Do I believe that all of that happened? Yes. And there was a fight obviously. And and that, 
you know, has created some bad blood. But what I also think is that they all know that CM Punk is best for business. Mm-hmm. I find it really, really hard to believe. I was actually talking about this on the podcast last night. It was that it, it came out this afternoon. Uh, this is wrestling, the podcast, by the way, uh, that you're going to be on. And tell people where to find it because it doesn't have its own feed. How do people get it? Yeah, you can go and on Spotify and and Apple and, and you can go to TSN 1200 on the yes. podcast section. Uh, find it on the TSN 1200 social media pages as well. Uh, but so I'll throw this at you. Okay. So I'm expected to believe that the smartest people, Tony Khan and Chris Jericho and John Moxley, they all know exactly what they're doing all of the time. And what they do is on purpose. So did you watch AEW this week? I haven't seen I got a PVR. I haven't seen this week's yet. Like last Wednesday? Sorry, yeah. What are we, Tuesday night? Yeah. Last Wednesday? I don't think I saw last Wednesday. Oh, so you haven't seen Vikingo and Kenny Omega? Oh, my no. God. You, <laughs> you got to get caught up. One, eh? one yeah. of the matches of the year. Inc- okay. Incredible stuff. The fact that they gave it to us for free with no buildup. What was that? Like, why not any, like. Right. That was my point. On free TV. Zach's like, oh, well, just appreciate it. I'm like, I do appreciate it, but it was one of the best matches I've ever seen. And even if you're going to put it on free TV, like it better have a big three, four, five week build on on free TV. Nope. Just a, here here you go. go. Here's an exhibition and it's maybe the greatest thing you've ever heard or seen. (laughs) Um, But at the beginning of that show, the opening part of AEW this week was the Young Bucks got attacked by, we don't know, okay. carried off. You know, they, they, the cameras have just got there yes. as they're on the stretcher okay. loading into the ambulance. Well, they do That's it. A classic. Who done it? Right. But they do it in front of the AEW production truck out back. Okay. Well, the AEW production truck has CM Punk's face on it. Mm. Well, what do they do? They cover it up with like, you have a better tall can audio blanket here than the tables they use to cover up his face. Okay. And people are like, there are certain people going, well, no, they covered up his face because they didn't want anybody to see. Yeah. We could have shot this anywhere if we Anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. Anywhere. But we use a stupid table that barely covers the face of CM Punk and it's like right in the middle of the shot. Right. Oh, yeah, like they did that by accident. Right. Come on, folks. So the word gets out there that, you know, they've done this. And then CM Punk writes his Instagram post and deletes it. And he calls Chris Jericho and Dave Meltzer and Tony Khan a liar and a stooge and everything else. (laughs) So you want me to believe as a wrestling fan that Tony Khan and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Adam Page and everybody involved with the the opening segment where they got attacked and we don't know who attacked them, but they covered up CM Punk's face in the middle of your television screen. <laughs> you want, like we're bright enough to figure out that they know what they're doing so that they can get the message out about CM Punk. And they did that all on purpose, right? Yeah. The first time you, you will watch it, you'll go, you know what? This was done on purpose. Right. Cause you're a smart guy. Right. Doesn't even take a smart person to figure this out. Even Creech can figure it out. Thank you. 
So people do things in wrestling on purpose and they do it all the time. It's like Gary Bettman. It's the same thing. Gary Bettman's end goal is to make the most money he do possibly what's can. Best for business. Right. So <laughs> in wrestling, let's start with the attitude. Let's just, the framework of where we begin from is it's a work. Mm-hmm. And then if we find out it's actually real, fine. But let's start with the fact that it's a work. Yeah, that should be your resting heart rate. I'm being worked right now. Yes. Yeah. But when CM Punk writes an Instagram yeah. thing for two, oh, that hothead, I can't believe what he, and yeah. everyone believes it. And it comes in the same week as, a, yeah. it came out the next day. Yeah, we're clearly doing something here. You want me to believe <laughs> that everyone else is so smart, but that stupid hothead, CM Punk, just can't, and everyone believes that his Instagram post is real. I don't. Right. It's, it's, especially knowing Punk, like in the number of times we've seen him lash out and things like that, if that's what he felt, he would leave it up. The delete is supposed to build to, it's part of this, right? Like, oh, see, look, he's taking it down and, you know, I guess he had a second thought or his lawyers were, no, it's a good part of the story, right? Who hasn't had a friend post something on social media and delete it later, either after sobering up or, or whatever, this is part of the story, right? I, I wasn't sure after all out and for the m- couple months leading, I don't know. He's hurt. We'll see. Maybe they'll bring him back. Maybe they'll cut him loose. Mm-hmm. This, the last week or so, you kind of go, I see what you're doing here. Right. The, the post was part of that. What you've just laid out there from the TV show was part of that. Like we're, we're doing something here. Right. And it, can we stop business. blaming CM Punk for all of this? Like, did they get in a fight? Yeah. Sounds I, like it. I believe they yeah. did get into a fight. Yeah. You know who else got in the fight? And you know who else? hundred people took, over the <laughs> Yeah, No, but do you know who else took it upon themselves to walk into Punk's dressing room and get in a fight, a physical altercation? Oh, the executive vice presidents, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks. Yeah. They all did this. Right. So everyone is at fault. Is CM Punk at fault? Yes. But are other people at fault? Yes. 100%. So, so does CM Punk see if we can make does, some money does CM Punk it? work for AEW right now? Is he under yes, contract? Yes, he is. Okay. Well, Isn't he? Yes. Yeah. So let's start there. Yeah. Um, he hasn't been fired. <laughs> How come? If he was actually in a physical altercation that they blamed him and could prove the fact that he was in the physical altercation and, and provoke yeah. this. Okay. So he's still. So he's still there. Still there. Yeah. Um, John Moxley, who admitted today that one of the things he did was he was the AEW world champion. Yeah. And he walked into Minneapolis and he didn't have a contract. Didn't have a contract because he was coming off from, you know, rehab Mm -hmm. and didn't want to sign a long-term contract until he knew that he would be okay on the road and doing some other things with his life and good for him. But he didn't yeah, have a contract. Been some personal said, issues. said today that he could take the AEW title and walk into SummerSlam. He said he went to the SummerSlam show. <laughs> okay. Could have taken the AEW title and walked on walked TV right because on he did not have a contract. Right. So when he's claiming that CM Punk didn't want to, or CM Punk said that John Moxley didn't want to lose to him and everything else, he had this great story today about 
I didn't have a contract. I didn't have to do anything. Right. So that's actually facts. But come on. Do you worry? Like I, I worry even talking to our audience right now. Is this over some people's heads who are more casual wrestling fans, right? Yep. Does CM Punk yep. talking about Moxley not wanting to lose to him, is that a good way to build a, like you've now combined, it's very Vince Russo almost, right? That you don't want to be building a storyline that sort of takes you out of it and says, this guy refused to lose to me, but we're supposed to believe this is a real fight when you're watching the TV show, right? Like. Yep. That's the part where they lose me a little. Like, I get it. Maybe it's just for your hardcore fans. Um, but that's not something you can really run out on television. Right. And so I, I totally agree with you yeah. on exactly what you're talking about. But at the same time, the casual fan will come back if CM Punk comes back. Yeah, that's your... And the hardcore fan needs a reason to be super interested yeah. and to tell the casual fan... No, these guys really hate yeah. each other. They are really fighting. Let the hardcores help you build the, yes. the casuals. Yeah. Yes. And so if you look at, so uh, the Instagram post right now of uh, Renee Paquette talking to her husband, yep. John Moxley, by the way, and I watched Renee Young when she was on The Score. Yeah. And Renee, yeah. even before that on Bite TV when she was talking wrestling, good for her. What a, what a life. The first thing that I always thought it, that was stupidly when Renee was hosting the 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 show on the score after Raw that they called right after wrestling. Yeah. I was like, that's that's weirdly clever. I like that. Like yeah. it, it's not super clever, but it's like right in my wheel. Yeah, like of I course. like that. That's fun. So the first thing that they have up on the Instagram page about and he's talking about the Adam Page Texas deathmatch. Right. What you read on it and what you hear John Moxley say is, I love the feeling of like making people where they're genuinely shocked. And you know, sometimes people go out there, they have a great match and the crowd loves it and they're there with the chants and they're there with the booing and the yang and the cheering and all the right times. And the fans are going along for the ride, but it's almost predictable I love genuinely shocking people. There you go. Now he's talking about Adam Page. Sure. But is he? But is he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like it. So as a hardcore wrestling fan, I'm in. I think they need CM Punk to drive that number up and above above where they are. As you said, the pocket. Yeah. I think they've settled into a pocket. I think it's a good pocket to be in. And it's, it's a pocket that can get them some things, but to get to the next level, how many people other than CM Punk are going to be able to do that for right. them? Um, I don't know the answer, but right now it sounds like they need CM Punk just as much as CM Punk needs back in all of this. I don't know if this is a total work. I think this is, I guess, a work. You shoot off. yourself into a work. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's a work off of a shoot. Yeah. Hey, this happened. I think they're how do we sm- get out of it? I think they're smart enough to have all gotten into a room together and say, how can we make some money off of what actually happened? And let's be professional about this. Uh, what do you think about the man child beer now that you've had like four or five, six sips of, of the yeah. peanut butter and jelly? It, like I said, it, it, it's more tart than I would have expected, but I really liked it. it and I'm it's all very in. unique. It really is. And I, I almost, you know, like I said earlier, when you see peanut butter on 
on something you expect almost like a Reese's kind of yep. flavor to it or whatever. This isn't that. It's like peanut butter and almost fruity. And yeah. I guess that's the jam, right? That they're talking. It's peanut butter and jam. It's Look nice, at man. you putting that together. Hey. Hey. But Big brain over the, here, man. Like I said, if this was not as sour, it would be like a 10. Right. For me. Okay. Um, it's probably an 8.5. Yeah. And that's the, with sec- the neighborhood. And, and the in. second best beer I've ever had, like a 9.5, 9.8 was the peanut butter and jam beer I got in Savannah. That was a lager right. that had, I said to the, like, I'm one of those people that the girl goes, oh, you'll like this. I'm like, come on. You're does one it, of those. Does it really <laughs> taste like peanut butter? And she gives me the. Hold right. on a second. Yeah. I'll go get you a taster. And when I tasted it, she said, "It'll tell me it doesn't taste exactly like peanut butter and jam toast. Yeah. And I taste it and it tastes exactly like, so it tasted like this beer, except with a kind of sweeter jam finish and not the sour part. Okay. At the end, on the back end. I'm intrigued by that too, man. Yeah. It's called Lunch Bag and I can't find it again. <laughs> but before we get to WrestleMania here. Yeah. Let's dig into this one. So this one is my go-to. The I'm a big, and it's not for everyone, but I'm a big Perth brewery fan. And I like it because they have bold flavors. Yep. And if you've ever had a Perth maple. Certainly have. It's a, it's a stop for me heading down to the family cottage. It's, it shares a parking lot with a Wendy's. It does. So heading out of yep. town. Grab a little lunch, grab a couple of beers and, and get back on the highway. <laughs> right. So. Uh, Perth maple. It's very mapley. Yeah. But I love it. It's not for everyone, but I love it. It is one I enjoy quite a bit too. So it's like a, also like a, it's called the bonfire. Yep. So it, that's one of my, uh, it's a go-to when I see it around. I, I like that one. At Christmas time, they have one that's called pistachio. Yep. But it tastes like amaretto. Oh, it's probably, I haven't tried that probably the best okay. way I would describe that. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to try it because although I like pistachios, it was like, I don't know if I'd like a pistachio beer. Right. But the one we're drinking now is just a honey lager. Okay. Okay. Sounds simple. Yep. But taste it and at least tell me what you think because I wouldn't, because we, we do a lot of honey browns in the world and- um, the back, the back end of this one is a little bit sweeter than some of those. I was just going to say, cause you, you get the honey right up front, but there is something trailing behind it. And I wondered if I was being, uh, influenced by the tart from the last one still on my tongue maybe, but, uh, yeah, no, there's something You've that been kind influenced, of trail, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's something that, that trails off behind this one. That's quite nice. So this one is a beer that Perth does that they only put out in their brewery because the honey and the, I'm not as familiar with the pasteurization process, but that process of the honey being in the beer Mm -hmm. and their local honey, they can only refrigerate it at a certain temperature. So they don't put it in LCBOs. They don't put it in your grocery stores. You have to go to the brewery to get it. Right. And- We've had Andy from the Need a Beer Company on here a few times talk about that, that he does, um, they're the ones who front every year the local craft beer advent calendar. Yes. Love it. And he says that some of the breweries are like, we don't want to put this one forward because we know at some point this is going to go sit 
in a garage somewhere yeah. or in a back room somewhere, and you can't trust the distribution process to keep the beer where it needs to be. Which is incredible that you could grow a business to me that the beer store or the LCBO would come calling and you'd go, no, nah, eh. yeah. I can give you these other ones, yeah, but, but not this one. Can't it's, give you this one, right? Because we can't be sure that you'll store it you properly. Treat it properly. What no, do you guys know no, about beer? No, but we want like yeah, thousands and thousands of cans. Nah, no, nah. great place this to be, right? You. Yeah, for sure, man. So it's not like, oh my god, stop you in your tracks, beer. But to me, it's a perfect blend of. This is one I could have six of in the night. I was just going to say that, that last one we had, I really enjoyed it, but that's not a sit and drink all day kind no. of beer. This one. It's like a dessert beer. That's really. right. It's yeah. like a last beer of the night yeah. beer. And I think that's okay to have beers like, is, yeah. like that. This one, you could sit and see yourself putting away a six pack mm-hmm. or, or, or a 12 pack or whatever your afternoon and right. evening is going to look like. And yeah. so this is kind of my go-to. If I had one to pick, it would be this one. Just sweet enough, just kind of crisp enough to do something right for me without being overpowered. So I want to talk to you about this weekend's WrestleMania. It's two nights again. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania goes Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 2005 commercials were better than this year's commercials. I do enjoy some of this year's commercials, but the spoofs on the movies and stuff were so much fun in 2005. Uh, all the different ones they used to yep. run out there. Um, you're not wrong. No, but it's, it's an interesting card. It's going to be two nights. I, 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 you talked about this beer not being overpowering. One of the things I wonder about with this card is it looks to me and maybe it's just my fading interest. I don't know, but that they've built a really overpowering top two matches, both of them involving the bloodline. And then everything else is just sort of there, I guess, right? Like this will be fine. There's a lot on this card that doesn't feel like WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And I just, some of that is, is leaning less on bringing back, you know, old stars and, and celebrities and stuff. But some of it is just maybe bad storytelling. I think a lot of people got really excited last summer when Vince McMahon was, I was going to say stepped away, but maybe maybe asked to step away, forced to step away, mm-hmm. that maybe Triple H would bring some of that NXT magic and, and turn the booking around. I do think the show's been better, but here we are at WrestleMania, and it just doesn't feel as big as as some previous editions. Where do you add on, on this year's card? And just the difference between maybe those top two bloodline matches and then everything else that's being offered up. You do remember at the beginning of the program when I said we're going to be fast friends? Yeah. You and I? Yeah. Uh, we're still going to be fast Okay. Friends. All right. Because <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And I actually went on a soliloquy of sorts on the latest edition of This Is Wrestling because of the fact that what you just said is completely accurate to me. I'm really not interested in almost anything else they're offering other than the two matches with the bloodline. Right. But is the bloodline the main event of Saturday? Doesn't sound like it. No, it's not. Yeah. Is it because they're women and because the women haven't main evented over the last two years? Right. Is it because of Charlotte Flair's name? 
and Ric Flair's influence and Vince McMahon and pushing her as a star that they want to just get out there and, and tell people that she's a star so that they can tell ESPN on Saturday night and Sunday morning. As Look at us. Promoting. We had another woman main event. Yeah. But like Charlotte Flair, here's the name. Yep. She was in our main event, you know, as we are Rousey almost promoting Sunday mm-hmm. WrestleMania, we'll come off the Saturday night and we'll push Charlotte Flair, Charlotte Flair. Right. I said on the podcast, and I'll say it here with you. One of the great things that's happened in wrestling was the fact that Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair main evented a WrestleMania because they deserved it. It was the best story that year. They deserved it. Yeah. They worked their asses off. Yep. And they were the most interesting people on that show every single week. 100%, man. And they deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. Now, I actually would go to bat for them even more saying that main event went on at that sucked. 12, like midnight, yeah. or whatever time it was. And Seven hours into just a Just ridiculous yeah. and didn't give them the opportunity to do what they do best. And they waited around all day long. Yeah. Crowd was dead. They'd but been there all in day. saying that, like we're at a point now, this is my belief. We're at a point now where for me, I don't care whether you're a man or a woman, I think it's your job to go out and if you don't put asses in seats and mm-hmm. you don't, you don't hook me to want to watch you, then you don't deserve to be in the main event. And that's equality. Right. You have just as good a shot to main event, but if you stink, you still stink. Right. And they don't stink. This story stinks. Right. Like. No, but here's the thing. You're a wrestling fan. Yeah. Okay. It's true. Charlotte Flair is an incredible athlete. hundred percent. Might, might be the worst baby face in the history That's of the planet. Saying. Yeah. As a heel. Great. Incredible. Yeah. Rhea Ripley is terrific, but this match, like this pairing at this time in this story, it's not working. It's it hasn't like, clicked at all. It's like Bailey. Bailey. Uh, in, I don't even understand this because it's so much easier to be a heel in this day and age than it is to be a baby face yeah. to be over. Bailey was over as a baby face and that's what she's good at. Yep. They're trying to make her into a heel and it's embarrassing. Right. Stop. You have a really, really talented woman. Yep. Make her a baby face because that's what she's good at. Guess what? Charlotte Flair is a natural <laughs> heel. That's what she's good at. Yeah. Put them in there. Let, lean into it. Yes. Right? Yeah. Let them thrive in these places that they can't. They're forcing a baby face Charlotte Flair against Rhea Ripley in the main event, and they don't deserve to be there. It doesn't mean an, like they have no chance to deserve to be there. Of course they do. Right. It's just not that interesting of a story that they're telling. That they're, people no. are miscast. Come at it's, me. Come at me and tell me that the Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair storyline is better than Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and the Usos yep. for the tag team championship. Right. They have sunk everything into this. You just talked about it. The bloodline. It's what people care about. I actually am very, very down on the WWE right now, but I do care about the Usos. Yeah, they've bloodline, told a great story for the last. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens storyline. Yep. I care about it a lot. Yeah. But it's not going to main event? Come on. Come on. Is so it, so let me ask you a question sure, that man. we'll get into the main event here, Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. I believe they're going to go with Cody Rhodes. 
And I mean, I only wear champion t-shirts here. So <laughs> um, I believe they're going to go with Cody and they're going to go with the baby face, like the true baby face and working every week on TV. Like Roman doesn't like yep. Brock didn't right. Like they haven't had a champion kind of work that way in a long time. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to go with it for a while. But when is the last true babyface in your expert wrestling opinion <laughs> that has thrived, that can go for a while and be a true babyface and be a champion that can survive more than six months? Uh, and don't come at me with John Cena. Please don't. Well, he was booked as a true baby. No, face. no, no. I again, don't come at me with John Cena because well, that wasn't you don't, going to be my answer. You don't it's believe the it. one that you okay. pushed it. All right, he All right. was booked as one. He was never reacted to as one. Okay, so who is the last one in your opinion that a babyface champion that was completely over and that worked in that spot for a long for, a lo- for? I'll call it a decent amount of time. Yeah. You can call it what you want. Yeah. Um, they gave it a shot in 04 with Benoit, but he only got as far as SummerSlam. Cause remember he kept being booked underneath with Eugene and yeah. all kinds of yeah. crazy shit there. But I mean, even if that's my starting point, we're going back 19 years, right? The, it, it hasn't worked. And this sounds ridiculous to say, because it was like the most successful time in company history. Okay. But I was going to say Stone Cold ruined oh. that. Stone Cold okay. is a heel, right? Like in his, yeah. he, but he was so cool, right? He was fun to watch. He was the everyman beating the shit out of his boss every week and whatever. Mm-hmm. But those were heel tactics that people just loved as, as culture kind of turned yeah, a bit. The attitude era. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't count that, and I mean, I guess you would, he was clearly a baby face, but Brett. Yeah. You have the hat on. Yeah. Yeah. I, my point is, I, I know is your I, point. Yeah, I worry now. You're talking about 30 years ago. I am, and I do that a lot. I'm getting pretty old. <laughs> yeah, no, but there hasn't been one, and I think that's the point. Yeah, that I worry. I think Cody's going to go over at WrestleMania, but I do worry a great deal about what the next six months to a year could be if he's the working man, Dusty Rhodes esque. Yeah champion and he's gonna good looking straight do, baby he's face. gonna do this for his father and everything else son of a plumber i could stand to hear less about that yeah i could too yeah but i'm not sure it's gonna work now i think cody's got some heel in him yeah and he's worked well so he, he still comes out in the suit and he's a little arrogant and he's got some some traits of a heel for sure that he mm-hmm. could go to that point at any time but my worry is that they're going to try to go to this baby face on TV every week character. And they, and they also don't have the heel roster to make that okay, last. Okay, so here's my next question. Okay. Let's pontificate that and predict that Cody- That's a good pontification. Right? But two more syllables than I'm usually used to. <laughs> but yeah. the Let's go with that and go, okay, Cody is going to be your champion. Mm-hmm. Who do you think can be not just like an opponent and like somebody to work with, but like a true foil, 
Like long term, right. this like, is the guy that like this guy could could not only beat Cody and he could win the title. Yeah, but I would be when that guy comes out, I would believe that he can beat Cody. So coming out of this through April, May, June, there's nobody. The next couple of main events are going to stink. You're going to know Cody's going to roll right over them. You have to hard rehabilitate Braun or Brock Lesnar or like a monster that, but none of those guys are set up right now to do Bobby Lashley. Maybe could you turn him heel fast enough? And for two, three months, he ruins people like for the next couple months. I think they're in trouble. You're going to have to do, you know, maybe I, I don't even know what, it, are they back to calling it backlash? The one after WrestleMania? Oh, I hope they're not calling it WrestleMania rewind. No, like my God. Before. So could you do there for a month to buy time, Cody and Sammy and KO versus the Usos and Solo or something. To, <laughs> you need time to build a monster. They don't have it right now. So who's your guy? Who's the first guy that you would believe that could beat Cody? Out at like SummerSlam or in like April? Doesn't matter. No, not April. No, no. Yeah. I'm talking like SummerSlam would even be early for me. Like I'm talking about yeah. Rumble. I'm talking about next year at WrestleMania. I'm talking about the the first yeah. person to come along that you would truly believe, man, that guy could that guy could win the title. That guy could beat Cody. That guy could carry the company after Cody. Oh, that last one throws me off because I don't think they'll stick around long. But yeah, it's Brock or it's Bobby or something like okay, that. But, so but you need is, to give them time to ruin people. So like listen to me again and how good of friends we are going to be. <laughs> So I asked this question to Zach McGiven. I asked this question to uh, Tanner Ryle, who joins us sometimes on the podcast. Uh, Tanner uh, worked at Bell Media, but he is a uh, regular at C4, hmm. um, goes to every local show. Right. Uh, so we have him on sometimes after the C4 shows. I asked both of them. My answer was the same as yours. Could you please just make Brock Lesnar not an embarrassing <laughs> baby face that's facing almost that I just don't even want to watch on my television because I used to want to watch that guy and like, I believed him. Right. I believed him when he came out with Paul Heyman and he's the champion and he does what he wants when he wants and he's a monster. I believe that guy. Make him into that monster and then put him against Cody. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like, at least believable. Uh, uh, for sure. Okay. Their answers were this. And I'll, I'll run them by you. Sure. One of them, I won't tell you which one, said <laughs> that Jey Uso was going to be the guy and that Jey Uso could possibly even beat Cody where he doesn't help Roman. Can I at least sure. explain yep. the situation to yep. you? He doesn't, he has a chance to help Roman at WrestleMania. He doesn't. He then goes on at some point to win the title and that's when Roman comes back See, the underlying story, I don't mind. That, that There's a lot of tension there, right, between Jay and, and yeah. Roman. I, I don't hate the idea that Jay might be able to do something in the main event but chooses not to, and that maybe he c does kill some time with Cody, but I don't believe he's beating Cody. Okay. So the other one... But I got time for that story. The other one is a guy that Cody was tied up with a long time ago. And is also a generational. Oh, Randy, yeah. And Randy Orton. Yeah. That could be fun. 
I, again, I don't know that I'm putting my title back on Randy. I, and see, I agree with that. That's why that I chose Brock. That could be a fun Brock. story for two months or so. I chose but... Brock because I could put the title on Brock. Yeah. If he was a monster back where he was. But if you want to give Cody a run, he needs some guys, right? I would do, I could do Jay for a month or two. I could yep. do Randy for another month or two after yep. that. And now you're, you're telling some interesting stories that could be decent, but I, I, I don't, even as like a smart mark, right? I don't we'll go into that show going, I wonder what they're going to do tonight. No, Cody's going over and yeah, and that's, yeah, that's a problem. Yep. I agree. What's lined it's, up for him? You know what? They jumped the shark with Roman Reigns because they didn't, when Sammy was as hot as he was going into Montreal, I would have put the title on him in Montreal and I would have taken it off of him the next week, but they missed their opportunity and Sammy will never be that hot again. No, he won't. Um, but don't you feel like that, the Ro- this sort of throws the Roman Cody story. I'm like, oh, I got my title back instead of having it for 900 days. I've had it for five weeks. I don't know because yeah. I don't, once it got past about 400 or 500, I don't care what the number was. For Roman, I'm bored. I don't, I, I didn't feel that way. There were, there were nights along the way where I thought. How many? I was just going to, that I thought they could do it and didn't. And then in the moment I was frustrated, but one. as the story, ca- okay, which one you got? Which one you got? Well, I'm just thinking like you could have done. Drew McIntyre, you could have done in Wales. You could have done that in Wales. That would have been a cool moment. Yeah. Could have done that. Yeah. And by then he was already what? 800 days in. Whatever, something yeah, like that. Yeah, whatever he was, yeah. Beyond that, there hasn't been a whole... I didn't like the finish against Danielson and Edge. We stacked them up and pinned them both. And in hindsight, knowing Danielson was going to leave, you go, all right, well, whatever. But for Edge, really buried Edge has been dead. both of those He's, guys. Edge has been dead since. Yeah. So, so I, I agree with you there. I didn't love that finish. I didn't need one of those two guys to go over, but... Y- you that was have a to... pretty hard burial of both of those guys at the same time. I agree. Yeah. So I thought once they got that far, I, I, my mind was open to it in Montreal. Like, maybe they'll do it. That promo on SmackDown on the Friday night made made me go, they're going to have to have a meeting tomorrow. That was incredible. Right. But what happened in Montreal, could you be confident, would happen again for Sammy the next week in Des Moines or in Cleveland or, like, I don't know, right? Like... But you're saying you would put it on him the next week anyway, or like take like switched it back. So I oh, guess I would have switched it back right away. Yeah, but yeah, I don't hate what they've done. I, I it, Sammy it's very would have 80s, never right? been as hot as he was that Sunday night. Like Hunter never, never likes to think of himself as that Ric Flair era kind of guy, right? And so you have that long serving champion, like mm-hmm. I don't know, like Bruno back in the day or yeah. or whatever. So I don't hate this, but it does make me wonder now as we bring it back to this weekend. It would be the ultimate, I was going to say fuck you, but just to put Roman over one more. Even if you were going to do Roman mm-hmm. Cody again a month later, just that one last shot at Mania in front of your biggest audience. No, this is our guy. This is our heel guy. We told this story. It would cut Cody's legs off, but if you are trying to make Roman one of these all-time greats, having him beat Cody in the main event after the whole thing has been for a year, I have to finish my story. And Roman goes, fuck your story. I'm, yep. I'm the man here. I don't, I don't hate it. No, but as long as it was leading to, you got to do something really quick after. And by all accounts, Roman's leaving, right? Like 
can take right. some time if off. If you did and, something after, I would feel like it's a bit of a waste. Yeah. With the lead up. And then I would also need The Rock and Roman next yeah. year. And it would need if they that, didn't do it this year, it doesn't sound like it's going to I know, happen, but right? I would, I'm saying if the, if Roman's going to go over, I would need that next year. Oh, so year. you'd have Roman hold it for another year. Yeah. Of course that would. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, who's beating him? That, if Cody's not beating yeah. him. Yep. If you're going to tell me that Roman's going to go over and I'm going to I'm going to work off Roman pins Cody Rhodes yeah. at WrestleMania and I'm starting from there, I'm not letting somebody so else So then come what in happens now. in a year? The Rock wins it. He's not holding it long term, so you have him beat Roman and a month later drops it to whoever like that No, seems, I I think You can't have The Rock I either. Think, like you can't have The Rock win, I mean. No, 100% you could have The Rock and Roman. Yes, but Roman has to win again. Well, if Roman lost, I wish they did that this year. Yeah. That Roman fought Cody and lost on Saturday and still had The Rock and Roman yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. I would do that next year. That's interesting too. But I don't, I do wonder if the crowd starts to revolt. Now he's a heel. I guess he can, you For can sure, have For sure, but tell me but... if Cody wins... We're going to get Gunther? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, Gunther It'll might be, be the match, most likable, yeah, most likable heel in the world. Yeah. Who, you, you risk. Who hates Gunther? Right. You risk turning Cody against Gunther, in my opinion. Well, right? you, like you people risk. People will cheer well, against him. Cody is John Cena, just 10, 15 years people later. People haven't soured on him yet. I've, yeah, but I got to tell in you. A, in AW, they did. Yes. They started booing It's a him. smarter fan base. This fan base won't be far behind. No, they'll get so, there, but they haven't yet. Yeah. I got to tell you with the Cody story, I, I've enjoyed watching it and I, th- I think I like Cody, but I don't know what he's done that is still warranting the reactions he's getting. Like what the fan base thinks of him right now is so much more than what I think of him right now. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if, if, if that's going to break right at some point they will get it like, He's the cool new guy who came back, and so we're behind him. But some of these promos lately have just been a little underwhelming. I agree. I don't dislike him, and I'll be fine if they put the belt on him. The build's been not as good as it should have been. Right. There's sure. a disconnect, in my opinion, between the reactions he's still getting. But if and you what turn him heel in. now, yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah, I don't you know. You can't that, turn him back. I don't know that the you're not the ready. baby face lineup that no. he would run up against you're, any better than. You, yeah, you're not ready to turn him heel. Yet, no. So you got to you got to roll with this. Yeah, you have to. Uh, outside of the main event and the uh, the tag title match, like we said, it's it's slightly underwhelming. But what do you have your eye on that that could surprise you? That could make me go, you know what? That might turn out to be better than I expected, or this this could surprise. Well, it's tough to go away from Gunther, right? Yeah. Like Gunther and Drew McIntyre and and Sheamus have, I think, an incredible platform to go out and show people that they can get back on top. Right. That while I don't True think, especially if well, like I don't think the WWE does a very good job at all. They bury their people instead yeah. of letting them be who they are and letting them be superstars. Yeah. They buried Drew when he lost in Wales and he's And then had him sing a song. Yeah. That was weird. And Seamus is like he's a very believable character. Like he's an ass kicker, yeah, right, and he looks like an ass kicker. So 
Gunther has been on a run where I don't even know why he's a heel because everyone loves him. Like every wrestling yeah. person that I ever talked to is like, yeah, that guy's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> right? So I think the three of them could go out there and and do something fairly special. But the rest of the card? It's thin, man. Oh, my God. It's thin for a SummerSlam, let alone a... No, the rest of the card's going to be very difficult for me to get through. And I think... I think they've tried really hard I with don't the think Dom I've... Ray story. No, if I never see Dominic Mysterio again in my life. See, he's he's got the go away heat for you and not the... Right. I No, I kind of... I find, stop, him, I find his, his shtick funny where he's like, I've been in the slam. <laughs> like no, he's the mo- least believable character. He no, I, and he's almost so. And Ray's got to be fifty at this point. Yeah, like but he's that. so unbelievably bad at his job. Sometimes it's <laughs> sometimes it's comical Talking about his mommy. Yeah, but like sometimes it's comical. <laughs> yeah, when it's not supposed to be. Right. <laughs> but I'm not looking forward to that. I'm not saying I'm looking forward to. It. I'm saying they they tried hard to make this a thing, like this epic father son. And all those stories say to me is, oh, one guy's really fucking old, right? Like, but I'd like to just say that the one character I think that they've buried more than any that I think's really, really good, I feel bad for her, is Bianca Belair. Yeah. I feel bad. Yeah, she's coming in with no momentum. No. no... They, they buried her with Becky Lynch coming back. Yeah. And she's never recovered. Yeah. I don't care how long she's had the belt. I don't care what they've done. I should be looking forward to a Bianca Belair WrestleMania yeah. match. I really... With Asuka. Yeah. Who they also took the shine off pretty easily as well. At right. Some point. So I should be looking forward to that match. And they've done everything they can do to make me not interested in that match. Well, and again, the, the, the women's title match that's going to main event Saturday... If roles were reversed, if they'd found a way to turn Rhea even quasi mm-hmm. face, yeah, I I really like Rhea as a performer, but this match does nothing. Like I assume the two the work will be good, but the story. Eh. Okay, and so this is the most insulting thing that you can say that really bothers me about the WWE and the way they treat their fans. We want you to ignore every storyline that we've ever told you, but. When Edge and Finn Balor fight, you're going to watch because you're interested because back in the day, you respected Edge and you respected Finn Balor. Yeah. And so you know with their work ethic, they're going to go and do something that might surprise you. Yeah. But ignore everything that we've done to lead up to it. Right. Ignore everything. Just, and, just watch the match for the sake of the match. Right. And forget why you're supposed to get Yes. <laughs> and that sentiment has been told to WWE fans more than anything. I'm insulted by it as a wrestling fan. Yeah. But unfortunately, I'm a wrestling fan. That's it, eh? So I want to watch Edge and Finn Balor fight. Yeah. Regardless of what storyline they've told me and how bad it is of a lead up, I want to watch them fight. Yeah, there's been so many of those stories over the years, yeah. right? Where you're just like, it's, you have insulted me with this shit you've tried but, to slide but your by. your respect for Finn Balor, yeah. your respect for Edge will get us through right. our bad television yeah. and bad storytelling. Yeah. 
So I think, but even with that in mind, this is as weak of a WrestleMania card yep. as I can remember in several, and that includes the one they had to hold behind closed doors because COVID had just set in. No, right? I'm going to let you watch the Edge Randy Orton wrestle oh wrestle around a a room gymnasium a, for 45 minutes. I'll I'll let you watch that again and then tell me how bad it was. Wait. Or watching Brock Lesnar lose the title or win the title. What did he do uh, on that one? He was against. Uh, Drew. Yeah, and Drew kicked and Drew, his head off. And, yeah, but it was just F5, kick, F5, kick, yeah. kick, kick, F5, 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 kick, done. Same as the other one. If you remember, the other title match was Braun versus Goldberg, and it was like... Yeah, you're not allowed to bring up Goldberg with me. <laughs> you're just not allowed to. Even no, nope. it was Braun squashing him like nope, that? No, don't care. He might well, be your next boy into AEW. No, he won't be, or else I won't be watching <laughs> AEW. Um, Punk versus Goldberg at the next... Uh, AEW pay-per-view. No. At uh, Forbidden Door. That's going to be your main event. You'll okay. find the Forbidden Exit Door. Why are you trying to ruin all of this? <laughs> I've had so much fun. Yeah. Uh, no. no. Goldberg is probably my least favorite. You see, a couple of months ago or whatever it was, he said, like, they owe me a retirement. Said, Motherfucker. They are owe you? their fan base. Less money you. back. Yeah, exactly. To Less watch you, you wrestle for three minutes. Yeah. I'm embarrassed to be a wrestling fan when he comes out of my screen. And as a guy who will still point back to 1998 in the Georgia Dome when Goldberg beat Hogan mm-hmm. for the title. Yep. On four days promotion. Yeah. Again. But <laughs> for the reaction that that match got oh, for, for sure. 40,000 people in that place. He they, was over. They man. went ballistic. 100%, man. And the last great, great gasp for WCW. But again, I, this is another one of my issues with the world of professional wrestling. As you continue to trigger me. No, but you continue and you're very good at this. That's why you do this podcast. Um, you're triggering me into, I think wrestling companies as a whole have a very difficult time once people become champion as opposed to the chase to be the champion. Uh, I actually think they're running into a little bit of it with MJF. He had a fantastic Ironman match with Brian Danielson. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was incredible. I give him a lot of props. But the heat off of him since he's become champion, Goldberg's another example. There's lots of examples of the chase is a lot better than when they actually get there, and it's why I have so much respect and we'll still tell people that Ric Flair was the, the greatest wrestler of all time because when he was going out and wrestling 45 and 60-minute matches, it never it never got old when he was on top. Yeah. He was the guy that, as the but champion... But 16 titles means he lost it. 16 times. Oh. So he got to do the chase again, right? And he got to then play the heel. That he was, did some good business yeah. with Kerry Von Erich. Sure. Right, losing in Texas in yep. front of forty five thousand people. Knew when it was the time to do it. Yes, right? and yeah. that. Yeah, and this is my point with Sammy and Roman. Back okay. to it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So Ric Flair knew. I'm going to lose in Texas Stadium to Kerry Von Erich in front of forty five thousand people, and the place is going to go ape shit. Mm-hmm. I'll beat him in Japan next week. But he didn't have his biggest show of the year five weeks later. To worry about. Like, that was a big... Uh, 
I get what you're saying, and I it did for the first time the in a very show. long time. He's make been me... the champion for 800 days. Right. Who cares about the next big show? But He'll be okay. It's their biggest show. You're just telling me how bad the show is. Yes. And without this, it's it's even worse. No. In- if Sami Zayn won the world title and, then and what, lost just a, it. And forced a triple threat? or No, but yeah. lost it back. And it was still in the exact same scenario that he was. Eventually, you can put Sammy back into the title picture as a reputable person because he's beat Roman. He was never going to beat Roman clean. He was Roman was going to get fucked somehow if they did it. Okay, but, but I will admit that is the first time in a long time I went and go. I wonder. I wonder if they do it here. And to me, as one of those guys who's watching almost as much for the behind the scene, like as interested in the story they're trying to tell as the show that they're actually presenting me, that's the first time in a very long time where I went, "Mm, I don't know what they're going to do here. And to me, that's worth something too. Ricky Steamboat fought Randy Savage at WrestleMania three. Sure did. In the most choreographed, but one of the best matches we've ever seen. Yep. Do you know how long it took him to lose the title after he beat Randy Savage after a year and a half of getting the bell in his throat (laughs) and the chase and George the Animal Steel and the incredible match they had at WrestleMania 3? Yeah, didn't he ask Vince for some time off so his wife could have a baby? And Vince was like, well, I'll just fuck you and job to my hoot. It wasn't long. It was about a month and a half? Yeah. When he lost it in Buffalo, New York to the Honky Tonk Man. That's the worst. Buffalo is the most insulting part of that. Why no, do I have to lose in Buffalo? The actual <laughs> way he lost it in some weird little, like it looked like his shoulders were down, but they weren't right. really, and the ref counted fast. My point is, is a year buildup lasted about six weeks. Yeah. Once he got the title. I don't think that was the plan, though. Well, the Honky Tonk Man held the title for how long? Yeah, a long time. Long time. The Honky Meter. Maybe my favorite Santino Marlowe. <laughs> I agree. Weirdly funny. He, he was so underrated, the Honky Tonk Man. But the point is, is that... <laughs> Snoopy the dog. It's okay... To pull the trigger. I, to pull the trigger. And Ric Flair, to me, is the ultimate example of when it was time to pull the trigger and lose to Kerry Von Erich or lose to Ronnie Garvin or lose to whoever else along Ricky Steamboat yeah. and have three epic matches... And win at the end of it. So you don't think, you don't think Cody's moment is, if they're going to do that, is diminished by the fact that Roman just lost five weeks ago. Who the hell cares that he's losing again now? Nope. To me, it does. I'm just like, oh, well, somebody else already did it, man. Sorry. Everything everything you know about Cody, is it's about his journey. Yeah. It's about his run. It's about his destiny. Yeah. Well. You need him to beat a guy that's held the title for 800 days or to me, at that point, Roman's just Bob Backlund in 94. Oh, he just gets kicked in the oh, stomach. Because, he, because he loses to the hottest guy in the world <laughs> and then beats him five days later. Suddenly he's and then Bob loses Backlund. again a few weeks later. And you're just like, all right, you're just a guy now. Stop. He's if you're going to hottest- take the shine off him, let Cody take. If, if Sammy's not your guy, then don't give that moment to him. But my problem is, is you don't have any guys. Right. You're not going to create two out of this, so well, why not pick one? Because you, you, to me, why Roman you is now Sammy? just a. Why couldn't you create Sammy and, and then bury Sammy? And bury then, him. What do you mean bury him? Well, obviously Roman's going to come back and pin him clean afterwards, going to Mania. Well, it wouldn't be clean, but it's whatever. Got to be clean. But, it wouldn't be clean. Okay, and then we're going to just do it again, right? Try and recreate the same thing. 
the in their minds, the story they're telling is the fact that it's been 800 days or 900 days or whatever it's been. Someone's going to get to knock him off. We want it to be Cody. So you told me the WWE, you like their product? Eh. Right. I don't hate it. I don't love it. Yeah, neither I do go, I. I go in and out on it. I have phases. Right? Same with me. Yeah. So now we are suddenly to put all of our faith in no, their story. I'm just saying this is the story they're telling. That doesn't it's, mean it's good. I didn't say it was Okay, good. so change it. <laughs> change it. Make new stars. I just think now. Sammy Zayn was as popular yeah. a guy as you've had in a very long time. The that, only thing I can that even. That pop at the rumble with the chair shot. Insane. On Hold, maybe as loud as so, any. And Kevin Owens has similar big pops. Yeah. But the only thing I can even compare it to is Drew McIntyre and Wales. Yep. But again, pull the that trigger. one was different, even harder than than Sammy, because Drew's going to come back from Wales, and now we're like I said, we're in Kansas City or St. Louis or whatever. Do people react in those cities to Drew the same way they do in Wales? Probably not, right? That was a one time moment. You create a pop, and now you're just left having to. I don't disagree with taking the title off of Drew right after that. Okay. So you're just you're just ready to flip flop the belts all over the place. No, it's not flip flopping. Ric Flair was the greatest champion of all time. But he was going territory to territory, like in modern day TV show to TV show. But he lost the belt more than anyone else in yeah. the history. Yeah, and, and he's still the great. And he's still the greatest I don't champion think of all time. Ric Flair. So. <laughs> okay, but he's still the greatest champion of all time. He was able to overcome and mm-hmm. still be the guy, even though he lost. Yep, he would win it back, and he'd still be the guy. I don't disagree with you there, but I don't so think I don't, Roman Reigns is Ric Flair. Well, you've you've acted like he is over the last three <laughs> oh, years. Okay. You've acted over the last three years. Like you just talked about the stacking of Daniel Bryan and yep. Edge. Embarrassing. Yeah, I don't think um, Flair would have participated in that. Right. But everything he's done, Roman, has been not just winning. It's been embarrassing people. Yep. So you've kind of treated him like he's the biggest deal on, in the world. I just think you've you've overdone it now and it doesn't mean as much for me. I'm more interested about Cody's story than I am about the 800 or 900 days. I think you had something there in the 4 to 500 days thing. Right. I think you've you've passed it now. And you had the hottest guy in the universe and you had him there for a minute. Don't you think part of that and I I think I agree with you on that. But like at 400 500 days who who was built up to take it from him? Like Cody feels at least like we've built someone to that level where it won't feel. Yeah, but that's their forced. that's yeah. their fault, of not my fault or yeah. your fault. But who else was out there that you would have built up? Like, would it have felt believable? I think it was two years ago at SummerSlam that he faced Kevin Owens, or like you're just. Eh, I guess you could do that. I like KO, but it didn't feel like anyone had a, along the way. You're right. That's on them for booking it poorly, mm-hmm. but. You had to have someone ready. And Cody and Sammy, to your point, a couple months ago, Sammy felt ready mm-hmm. at the Rumble. It, yeah. it was built properly. Yeah. And Cody does now. But along the way, I can't remember everything. I just don't know how you're going to get Sammy and Kevin back to no, you're not. a place that you ever had them. No. So yeah. y- you just throw that away and go, oh, well, you're not. Well, I I'm go. throwing it away. I, no, it's a I, reasonable point. No, it's a great point. Well, it's I, your I, point. <laughs> I, I just I just have an issue with the fact that that's happening. Yeah. I, I just, I think Cody's thing feels less important 
when the guy's only been champ for like three, somebody else did, someone else climbed the mountain, conquered the monster, right? Someone else completed the story. And now you're just like, yeah, now I'm, I'm here too. Uh, to me, it, it takes some of the shine off of it. So. Okay. Well, that's fair. Yeah. I just think that Cody got hurt and everyone saw his injury. Mm-hmm. He came into WWE to fulfill his destiny. And I don't really care that a guy has held it for 800 days as opposed to whatever. Was it a year if, or two if, ago that the Miz won it last second at Money in the... Or by the way... Elimination Chamber. I love the Miz. Yeah. I, well... This is the first thing we're going to hardcore disagree on, I guess. <laughs> How can you not like that guy? He's just been around doing this thing, same thing for too long. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Again, not his fault. Nope. He does the best that he can with it. True enough. I like his wife. Uh, How can he not yeah, like no, Maurice? She's great. So She's fantastic. It's going to be, uh, you know, a different WrestleMania than past years. Um, I'm less, I would say I'm less interested in the undercard than any time in recent memory but as invested in the top two matches mm-hmm. as anything they've done recently. So that would be my sentiment. And it's not it, Brock and Roman again. Like it, I'm in other, f- in other years, I would be more upset that I had to work in Ottawa senators, Columbus blue jackets game on WrestleMania Sunday at six <laughs> o'clock with a four o'clock pregame show. You don't have to be home till the main event. So, right. <laughs> this year I'm kind of like, eh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Who's not pumped up? For a late March, early April, Senators Blue Jackets April 2nd yeah. in Columbus. <laughs> right. Let's go. You know that's going to be a burn burn. I'm going to have to really work hard to pretend that I'm excited <laughs> about that that game. I'm glad you came in, man. I was excited that you uh you This has been awesome. That. Yeah. Um, I appreciate I, the fact that you've, you've had me. Yeah. I don't know what you thought of the beers, but I'll bring different Very beers next time. Very much enjoyed that as well. Very much just enjoyed the fact that you brought beer, right? As we we'll, talked about off the top. We'll so. talk. We'll talk music next time. We'll 100%. talk some baseball. We can compare hip uh, hip concerts. I don't know how many of those you've been to, but uh, it sounds probably like a fair about number. seventeen. Okay, there you go. I thought I had a lot at eleven, so we'll we'll hit that uh, best show, next time as well. One of the best shows I've ever been to. When people ask me about the best concerts, we'll talk about this next time. Yeah. But one of the best things that I am able to tell people, I ignore the what I call a religious experience when they were here. The second last show they ever did. I was at that show too. I, I don't. Second row on the floor. Wow. Yeah. I don't call it a concert. It was just something different. Um, it really was a vibe, man. It, it was like nothing I've ever been to in my life. I did see them three days, three days after Road Apples came out. Oh, wow. 1991. Was that the, a roadside attraction show? No, nope, was... it was a. At the concert hall, which is no longer there, uh, used to be on uh, Young Street, just north of Bloor yeah, okay. in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, no air conditioning, <laughs> uh, hottest place I've ever been in yeah. my entire life that wasn't along the equator. Right. Uh, but I think I was 16, greatest show I've ever been to. Nice, uh, I was just such a hardcore hip fan at that point. Road Apples came out, three days later, they're playing at the concert hall. I saw a number of another roadside attractions. Uh, best one I saw was actually in my hometown of Markham, Markham Peregrines. Oh yeah. Uh, Midnight Oil was the. Yeah. Okay. Um, You've probably read the book. They, uh, yeah. the, uh, the author, it's embarrassing. He's been on the podcast twice who, uh, <laughs> who wrote it, but it's a great uh, I have. history of the hip. Yeah. Uh, incredible, incredible, always incredible shows, but yeah. um, one of the most influential bands of all time. 
hundred percent, man. It was, uh, I had seen them had tickets for what at the time was called the second show in Toronto on the, that last tour, mm-hmm. they ended up adding one more on the Sunday night. So I was at the middle one in Toronto and I essentially had said my goodbye, right? That yeah. was it. I went with some of my buddies who had helped yeah. get me into the band. The next morning, my sister texts me and she lives up here in Ottawa as well and said, uh, Hey, I got friends who are selling two tickets, second row on the floor. They want 1200 bucks for the pair. I went, it's, I just, I just said my goodbye. Like I'm good. Right. That's a bit steep wow. for me at this point. And I know she's a fan, but not a hardcore fan like I was. And I said, tell you what, if you're just doing that for me, I'm good. I had my, if you want to go, I'm in, I'll go with you, but probably not at 600 bucks a shot. Tell your friends, spend the week trying to get what they want for it Mm -hmm. and then circle back if they don't and we'll do whatever. I think we said almost half that, right? So she texted them and said, you know, yeah, try and sell them, whatever, circle back. Well, we'll just take your 600 now. Okay. So 300 bucks ahead. Yeah. They just took it right away. Fucking awesome, man. So yeah, went and did it all again. I sat the one hundred level uh, for probably that same price. No doubt. And <laughs> still I don't regret it. No, of course do- not. It was an incredible show. Yeah. So yeah. Uh I'm glad you came in, man. I'm glad we finally did this. And uh it's it's one we've been looking we've been talking for a few I months know. trying to set a date and, and find a time. I was so, away, but yeah. uh hopefully you'll have me back and you'll be on this is wrestling the podcast for sure. That's gonna be and, great. And uh yeah, I mean we can explore so many other things you and i we can do fast friends we got things to do here man for sure we can do that uh that is lever sage he hosts the drive on tsn 1200 from 2 to 6 p.m every day plus hosts the this is wrestling podcast make sure you check that it will have links uh to the podcast in our show notes at talkinaudio.com make sure you are following us on social media at talkinaudio and that you're subscribed to uh you know, sometimes I, I, I tie myself in knots trying to get out of here and uh, you just say tall can audio 700 times before the, the final minute's out. Well, that's it. You just got to go. What I always tell people yeah. is on the iPhone, because I'm not a technical wizard. Um, I'm a wizard, but just not a technical sure. wizard yeah. like Chris Jericho. The purple <laughs> button that says podcast yeah. and I type it in. Yes. Tall can audio. Yep. This right is wrestling. There. It'll come up. And it just comes up. It'll be there. It's going to be brilliant. Any device. Yeah. Google Podcasts, Spotify, exactly. Apple Pods. You know those irritating commercials that tell you this is an iHeartRadio station. We are an iHeartRadio podcast. We are there too. Tune in. If they're putting out podcasts, we're there. So check it out. Get subscribed. We appreciate you checking out and, this one. And before we go, mm-hmm. uh, good luck in game seven with Sheldon Keefe and Matt Murray in that, <laughs> as opposed to Andre Vasilevsky and John Cooper, uh, who are the best coach and best goaltender. Good luck in the first round. I really, really hope they get it done this year. What could possibly go wrong? I'm actually cheering for Matt Murray, if that makes any sense. But I do. He'll be backing up Samsonov, I think. Yeah. And I hope they lose in four. Okay. If that's the case. All right. <laughs> Appreciate your support on that. <laughs> it's always warm feelings when uh, when people come in and, and no, it's and actually really it's leaf. so much fun. Yeah. Like to think about <laughs> it's a blast to think about how <laughs> I know Leaf fans that don't watch anymore because they can't take it, and it's like if they win the first round, they'll start watching. But you, no. You're going to watch every game. You're going to tell me that Mitch Marner uh, will be better this year. You're going to tell me in the playoffs he'll come to play. You're going to tell me (laughs) that John Tavares will. Morgan Riley, he's so good. Guess what? It's the same story. 
over and over and over again. It's like if you think Drew McIntyre was going to beat Roman Reigns, he's not. If you think Sami Zayn, oh, I wonder. No, no, he's not. If you think Lucy's just going to hold the football if, and if, let if you think <laughs> Charlie Brown kick it. The Tampa Bay Lightning for two months haven't been preparing for every nook and cranny the Leafs are going to throw at them. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be so good. I thought we were going to be fast friends. We are. We'll all this be was on, Lever Sage's we'll one and on, only appearance on the Talking Audio. We'll all be on the Devil's Bandwagon <laughs> as the New Jersey Devils as roll along in the shutting playoffs. them out in four straight. Yeah. Yes, he was so good again in games three and four of his yeah, first right. last yeah. year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so much fun. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah. You were a lot more fun about four minutes ago, but uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's all right. But I figured I got to keep it to some people at some point, right? <laughs> Uh, that is episode 1088 of the Talk and Audio podcast for Lever Sage. My name is Matt Robinson. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.